Hey there, I'm Marn, and I've got a new podcast right here on the Orange Groves Network. Every other Thursday on Dead Letter Society, I'm going to invite a friend into my library of terror to discuss a piece of horror fiction. We'll tackle topics like, why does Stephen King like evil clowns so much? Why is Ikea so inherently scary? And why don't young adult publishers like the horror genre? You can even read along with us week to week and weigh in with your own opinions on the Orange Groves Discord. So check out Dead Letter Society, a horror book club podcast, on the Orange Groves Network website or your podcast provider of choice. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to fail to solve an ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's right, and uh, this week we are finally going back to the Beast. It's been like a month since we recorded. <laughs> yeah, in, 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 yeah, it's been a bit since we have recorded and talked about the Beast, so uh, it's time to finish it up and hopefully remember uh, anything about the Beast. <laughs> we'll see. I, I have, like, the, the summary for last time uh, pulled up that I'm just going to read. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but before we get into that, um, we just wanted to take a quick second off the top uh, and thank all of you that support us on Patreon. Um, we have had a big influx of support lately, uh, and it has been super helpful and really nice to see people coming in and supporting us through that. Um, we're really thankful for that. Uh, we, I know that we are behind on sending out, um, thank you notes and stickers, uh, but we are going to be getting those sent out, uh, very soon. We've got, um, we finally had some time open up and we are making sure that those get out. <laughs> so yeah. apologies for the delay in that, but those will be getting out soon. And a more we're... fun note. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we're like, we're super behind on a lot of those and we like barely have the excuse of there being a pandemic because a lot of them we started <laughs> working on prior to the pandemic. <laughs> yes, uh, we are behind, um, not because of the way that the world is, but because of who we are as people. And we apologize for that. <laughs> um, on a more fun note, though, we have uh, some fun stuff coming up. Um We've hit our $100 goal. I know that we said this on a previous episode, but uh, we are going to be recording and putting out an episode about uh, National Treasure. It's going to be our first um, Argonaut Muvarg podcast. I We don't have a name for it yet. It it needs a name. <laughs> Mediarg. Um, oh my god. So if, you, if you have a suggestion for a good name, add us on Twitter. Mediarganalysis. No. Our Mediarganalysis <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing that. It's going to be a monthly thing. Uh, so keep an eye on the feed soon. We'll have um, our first one is going to be for National Treasure, the old classic. Uh, what if an ARG made you steal the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> we're going to game Jack Hamilton. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. All right, but before we get to that, we need to do an episode about the Beast. Uh, so, Marn, I got a bunch of questions for you. Yeah. I, I, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to all of you. Uh, 
when whenever we put out a tweet that goes, oh, hey, we forgot to put out a tweet. We record in six minutes. Can you ask us some questions? I swear to God, when we ever, whenever we put out a question that way, we get more questions than if we put one up like at a reasonable time. It's, so thank you for leaping to our defense and helping us out. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> uh, but Marn. Yes. Crow's Quartz wants to know, if you had to put an AI helper into any one of the devices you owned, which one would you pick? Oh, huh. I I don't know. I don't feel like I use that many devices, like electronic <laughs> devices. So that kind of I that kind of narrows down my options. That's um, fair. Um I don't know, maybe my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> is that like a, a hey siri beat mario for me situation or is yeah it just like okay yeah just an ai that takes over when i'm bad at video games <laughs> hey help me with this jump i can't do this jump <laughs> god i'd get a lot further in a lot more games <laughs> i feel like i could put an ai in a microphone um and just like that way I don't have to start prepping for podcasts anymore. Because the problem with podcasts is I go, great, uh, I need to record something. Ugh, now I have to get everything out. And if I could just have an AI just like take care of that for me, that'd be great. Be a little yeah. production assistant mid-recording. That would be great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and it could edit episodes for me. I'm convinced by this idea. I need my little producer... Uh, AI. You should get one. They should Hell invent. Yeah. They should invent that. Hell yeah. Uh, another tweet came in from We Are Alexandra. Since the Beast is the grandfather of all ARGs, how would you explain ARGs to your grandfather? All right. So I have this problem in real life because my parents don't understand what ARGs are. <laughs> and i've explained it to them like three times now and they uh -huh. i'm almost 100 percent sure still don't understand <laughs> <laughs> my my mom listens to the podcast and i'm at least she did i don't know if she still does um but i'm very thankful to her for it but she has had to sit me down once or twice and been like so i'm not sure i get what an arg is you sound like you're having fun talking about them but i have no idea what this is yeah the I think the the way that I last explained it to my parents was like they're like escape rooms where everybody collaborates to like solve puzzles, but sometimes it's on the internet question mark <laughs> that's yeah that I mean that's pretty much what I go for. It's like an escape room, but on the internet, and it's also kind of like a scavenger hunt. Uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's really the best way to do it. My ARG is a woodworker, so I'd, or my, my ARG, my grandfather's a woodworker, so I'd probably be like, hey, uh, so you know how you can take a, a jigsaw puzzle and you can make that out of wood? What if instead of wood, we used the internet to make it? <laughs> that's an ARG. That's a good one. My, my, go ahead. My mom keeps asking if she can listen to Argonauts. I'm like, I mean, you can, but like. You 
you definitely wouldn't enjoy it because I know that I know for I know you don't understand these concepts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, all right, this one. I feel like I think you like AIs more than I do, so I feel like this question from at B elderly um, is good for you. Uh-oh. What are the do's and don'ts of AI characters for you? What makes you oh. excited about them, and what makes you go, "Ugh, this again"? That's a that's a good question. I feel like evil AIs are a little bit overdone. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you have an AI character, you can't just have them be evil they have to like have an actual character arc yeah like oh i'm helpful and now i'm not helpful anymore and i'm going to kill you is not a it's not an arc yeah or like i don't understand people and i like to murder (laughs) those are two separate traits you can't just assume they're the same trait and i also i feel like I don't know. A lot of a lot of I've talked to a lot of like non-binary people about this. How like the one non-binary character in a lot of like different pieces of sci-fi media happens to be like the AI or like the robot character. Sure. And that kind of is bad. Yeah, or it's like the only. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, also like AIs that are characterized like children and like they don't understand humans and stuff kind of piss me off because like (laughs) if it was an ai you would assume like (laughs) they would just be able to understand stuff like if i was an ai i would simply understand basic concepts (laughs) (laughs) marnathan what is love (laughs) why do you eat food (laughs) (laughs) I have been trained to man the blast shields, but that's all I know how to do. Marn, what is fork? (laughs) I do. It it is great when an AI is like uh, Ariel from The Little Mermaid, where they're just like, what are these strange devices? It's like, you're the strangest device here. Yeah. Did you ever watch the uh, the Green Lantern animated series? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay, they have they have an AI character in there who I really liked, who is like the, she's like the AI of like the Green Lantern spaceship, um, hmm. and she kind of starts out as like that that kind of stereotype of like I don't understand food, haha, I'm I'm so like I I'm so goofy, I don't understand humans, and then she like gets a really good arc and like becomes one of the like romantic interests for one of the main character of the show i was like okay cool (laughs) oh yeah all right (laughs) more robots should have romantic subplots i agree um yeah i i'm gonna plant my flag in the sand right here uh more robots should fall in love with meat bags i agree or other robots. I feel like or that could be even robots. funnier. I will say one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite uh, do's for AI characters is when you have two like AI or robotic characters talking to each other. Um, there is an episode of the Venture Brothers where two robots go on a date, and it is yeah! my favorite episode of the show. Oh, 
because it's just two of them matter-of-factly stating things at each other and just talking and it's so funny it's so good venture brothers has great like robot characters absolutely yeah one is ghost robot who's a ghost that lives inside of a robot it's great (laughs) i'm just thinking about helper and how much i love helper (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i think my do of um my do for ai characters is let them be human as weird as that sounds um i feel like there are too many things that put up too many walls between an ai and a human and i feel like letting a human embrace its humanity and letting it like feel love and feel emotions toward characters and like i think it's boring to have a ro- a robot like ask why do i feel emotions or what are these emotions in ways beyond what normal people feeling emotions ask about their own emotions all the time um I just want pe- I-, I want more robots that like get to have interior lives like people do. It's also interesting, and I I feel like Venture Brothers does this at least a little bit in like some some one off gags when like robots understand more about humans than robots do or than humans do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> There's a uh, this old joke. It was about I say an old joke about something that's like a year old on the internet. Um, but it was talking about like two people that made two people that made video games about robots. One is Yoko Taro, who made uh, Nier Automata, and one is um, David Cage, I think his name is, who made oh yeah Detroit, uh, Detroit. Become Human. Yeah, and like the, it's a joke conversation between the two of them, where Cage is like, "Can a robot ever learn to become a human?" And Yoko Taro looks at him and says, "Can a human ever figure? Can, like, can a human ever learn how to be human?" And like, you know, they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, that's the whole point of robot fiction is like, I, and I agree with that. It's just like, no one knows how to be human. We all learn it ourselves. So like, don't demonize a robot for not knowing because humans have to learn and fail to learn all the time. Yeah, it's, it's good. I I, I was thinking about the, uh. I was thinking specifically about the uh, the episode of Venture Brothers in like the most recent season where Dean meets the the helper that can actually talk, mm-hmm. yeah, and like <laughs> gets therapy from a robot. It's so good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Oh, also a thing that I like about robots. Uh, this is hi. This is the robot cast where Andrew Andrew and Martin are just going to talk about what we love about robots. Um. I love it when you can take advantage of the physical things that make robots not human. Uh, primarily, A, letting them have a super long life, um, or B, letting them inhabit something that is far beyond the scope of anything that a human consciousness could inhabit. Um, one of which is in the Venture Bros, where, you know, there's like a, the, the character that Martin's talking about has like been around for decades. Um, to the point where it's a little confused about who some characters might be in a way that is very important and like useful to the plot and their understanding of the world. Um, and then another one I'm thinking of is a book series that I recommended a while ago on the show and cannot remember the life of, or can't remember the title of. Um, Ancillary Justice, I think, is the name of one of the books in it. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the official name of that trilogy and I apologize. And I'm sure people are going to let me know on Twitter. Um, But where like 
the main character used to be an AI that was like a battleship that just like held hundreds of like spaceships inside of it and like um was the AI in charge of all of that and like getting that kind of perspective on a situation is so it's so cool in a way that like as a human being I will never have thousands of battleships inside me um but it's cool when you can get a perspective that does and has yeah robots good robots are cool more people write more robots <laughs> yeah i like i like in that in that venture bros episode where dean is trying to like convince red helper to like come home with him and like live in the lab and stuff and red helper is like no i'm good like i i just want to <laughs> live here in the woods like i I like I I don't have to worry about when I go and I die. I'm just like chilling. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for questions. Uh, what do you say we get into the beast? Yeah, let's do it. Hell so yeah. I have pulled up the last uh, recap that from the end of the la- the last part that we. Uh, that we cover and I'm just going to read the recap on the site of oh, the yeah. last Pre- stuff that we covered. <laughs> Previously on the Argonauts. <laughs> recap 9. What do we know? As written by Adrian Hahn, who wrote this entire uh, summary. Uh, Kate Nay blackmailed Enrico Basta about something very nasty that happened inside his house. She went on the run and entrusted a video of the aforementioned nastiness to her house AI, Ivy, with instructions that if she was killed, Ivy should send it to the SPCB. Kate is now dead and Ivy is going insane. Uh, Lia is infertile and cannot have children. Her father was killed on the moon at the AIT's Sea of Tranquility campus. She had a brief affair with Evan. Nancy was well aware of Evan's affairs and also had a lover herself. Uh, they found the, um, coroner's, sorry, I'm trying to remember what this, uh, what this acronym stands for. They found the coroner's, uh, account on, like, the, the coroner's website and they were able to get into it and get some of the autopsy reports, specifically from Kate. Uh, Sencha is probably an AI. Sencha is the mysterious person who is leaving puzzles on Laya's website, as is Eliza, who was a new character that they met last time, who they had to do a bunch of puzzles for to get some clues from. Uh, Eliza may be a therapist AI from Catskill Seaview Clinic, uh, which is a, cl- which was the clinic that has like AI dream therapists, and one of them went rogue and became like a dream eater AI who right. is like now killing AIs and like driving them to suicide. Uh, Diane Fletcher and Martin Swinton are on the track of the killers of Martin's houses. Uh, they. There are two people constantly watching them. Uh, Diane Fletcher is one of the, like, bounty hunters who hunts down, uh, like, rogue robots. And Martin Swinton is a, a, a smart house designer. 
the Red King is a teenager called Dwayne, and he is responsible for Jason Furter's death. He also worked with Bios to free Venus, who everyone thinks killed Evan Chan. Uh, right. Venus had already been hacked into before the Red King got to her, and her memories following March 1st were wiped. Svetlana Cellini, who is one of Evan's co-workers, is probably a robot, and Belladurma has something to do with her. Uh, finally, in an unrelated note, the creators of the game may be offering Americans free tickets to the sneak preview of the movie AI. Right. We, I forgot we started getting official movie tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, the whole um, thing's an official movie tie-in, but, like, in-universe. Yes. Uh, we now know enough that the person who wrote the thing about gutting arrogant bastards in Kate Nay's webpage is Ivy, so the arrogant bastard in question is Enrico Basta, and the person being protected was Kate, who is now dead, they learned from the, uh, the coroner's webpage. Uh, things that are unsolved. One of the puzzles that they got in person at the, uh, militia rallies, the, like, anti-robot militia rallies, mm-hmm. uh, who is Sophia, who is a character that has been mentioned in a bunch of puzzles but hasn't shown up yet? Is Eliza actually an AI? Where has Loki gone? Uh, Loki is the Dream Eater AI. Who is watching Martin Swinton, Martin Swinton and Diane Fletcher? Uh, what has Bella Derma got to do with Svetlana and Donatech, which was the company that her and Evan worked for? Uh, and is Enrico Basta behind all of this? Okay. Let's get some robots. Let's get some robots. So yeah, so the the last thing that happened was uh they found out through the coroner website that uh that Kate Nay had been killed. Um her website was updated and they could see that uh Ivy the uh her her ai had was like going crazy on the website um and there was some blackmail on enrico basta that is supposed to get released in the event of kate's death okay but that has not apparently been released yet but Hmm. perhaps it will be um and so now we move on to after May 23rd. So this ARG started uh, early April. So we are now in, in May 23rd. Okay. Or after May 23rd. And today we are going to cover uh, after May 23rd through June 19th. But we might go a little bit further because this section is a little short. Okay. And the next section is a little long. <laughs> <laughs> Us do a long episode? That sounds weird. Well, the the June 19th section is like the longest one on here, so and the oh, damn. May and the May 23rd one is the shortest one, so okay. I might compound some of the June stuff into here. We'll see what cool. happens. Sounds good. So, the first thing that happens this time after May 23rd uh, is that BWU, uh, which was one of the 
universities. That was Bangalore World University, where Janine teaches. There are so many acronyms in this game, and it is so hard to keep track of what they all are. I need to like write myself a list. Uh, one way to remember it, uh, BWU is also the noise that Hank Hill makes. So just remember, <laughs> blah, whenever they come up. Blah. This is our official um, Citizen Hank uh, tie-in. Uh, Jory, you owe us money now. So, yeah, BWU uh, updates their news, uh, and they talk about they that they are having, like, climate control problems with their... They have, like, a, a weird, like, fancy climate control program and, like, plankton webs that are having trouble controlling the climate and uh malaysia india and pakistan have all been hit by hurricanes okay which doesn't sound like anything going on today in real life yeah not at all (laughs) i I can't relate um and it also says that odin is the most likely suspect uh, and people are people playing the ARG are kind of back and forth over if Odin is an AI or just like a a, a term for like Mother Nature doing yeah, what, what it do. What if it's just Zeus? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what if yeah, it's just Zeus? He's just pissed off that no one cares about Zeus anymore. But like, I would be inclined to think it was an AI because I already have an AI named Loki. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I I would bet that this is an AI. But it is funny that you have to be like, hold on, wait a minute. Are you just talking about this? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, and they they also established with this that uh, climate control of Earth is at least partially operated by AIs, which is bonkers. <laughs> like, what a... What a wild science fiction concept that is for yeah. like, something that was released in 2001. Wait. I keep I have to keep reminding myself did this actually come out in 2001? Because yeah, the movie it was, it is was called 2001. 2001. <laughs> it was 2001. <laughs> or no, the movie's not. The movie's AI. Never mind. Yeah, in 2001. Hell yeah. Like it's what wild how wild... many things this uh series is getting right. I know. I don't. I also don't think I've ever heard of like a uh, like a, a science fiction thing where like AIs just controlled the climate change. Like that's a very cool concept. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They go to the players, by which I mean the players. Uh, go <laughs> to the directory on the Bangalore World University site uh, and because they have found secret pages in uh, the like staff directory before uh, they have they find a new report there uh, called the step self uh, and it is a report about someone anonymous called Mrs. Bronze uh, who is having problems with an AI twin of hers Okay. Uh, and the players are fairly sure that uh, this is that Miss Bronze is Svetlana, uh, because there was a voicemail uh, that we talked about last time 
about Svetlana getting her downwire fixed. And they think that it is due to what in this report says is like troubling memories that she is receiving from this twin. Hmm. Um, and she also talks about like her workplace in this, uh, in this report, which sounds pretty much exactly like don't attack. Um, and she mentions someone who might or might not be Evan Chan. Um, and also Cellini is the last name of a famous sculptor who worked specifically with bronze. Okay. I was going to say that name rings a bell, but I don't know them myself. (laughs) And the players are kind of questioning if Janine Sala is involved in this at all. Uh, because they found the this report kind of in the in the same place where they found Janine's like report about Loki, the like rogue AI. Um, but they also are questioning how much this is like Janine's area of experience because it, it's it's more of like a, a human psychological problem than mm-hmm. an AI psychological problem, like. Svetlana has this like weird AI twin who is like an evolving intelligence and they're sharing memories but it's all from the perspective of like the human who is like feeling weird about this yeah it's like um the the latest uh what do they call them um the Marvel movie where when Nebula goes back in time she like links in on the brain net with like past her own self because they're on the same like i don't know frequency or whatever like i <laughs> guess the idea of a an ai twin is really wild just in the way of like oh if they're like working on the same length i guess that they're l- looped in on a couple of things at the same time yeah the, so i guess that like her human is suffering because of it yeah weird wild it's a it's a very cool concept yeah. Um, and the next thing that happens may shock you. Oh. Uh, they find out that Enrico Basta is dead. Hmm. Who is like the prime suspect for all of the murders going on. Yeah. Um, they find his coroner's report, uh, which is made public on the uh, coroner website by Ivy, who is Kate Nay's AI. Uh, and he was killed by his own house AI named Isabella. Huh. Uh, and, and everyone immediately is like, well, Ivy definitely had something to do with this, but yeah, Ivy was only supposed to release the blackmail material on him and not like murder him. Right. Not kill. So that's a little weird. (laughs) Huh. But Ivy also released the blackmail. Mm-hmm. Uh, she released on uh, on Kate Nay's page. There were new links found, um, and if you clicked on them, you could watch the entire video of uh, what happened in Basta's house between him and uh, Kate. Oh shit! Which 
no longer exists because none of the websites uh, affiliated with this this ARG do, which is very sad. I uh, if anybody has a copy of that video, um, I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, or like uh, backed up. Um like backed up websites or anything like that if y'all have them we're all ears we'll (laughs) yeah we're happy to make a dump in part four yeah supposedly it uh it exists in like the the yahoo group but i don't i don't know how much of yahoo groups still exists okay um it i mean the the group on yahoo is still there um and it it says that you should be able to join to look at like archived stuff, but I don't I don't know if anybody is still moderating that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are and you're listening to us, hit us up. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um. So yeah. So the so this video came out. Uh, there is supposedly a transcript available somewhere, but it. I think is probably in the Yahoo group that we don't have access to. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, I have to extrapolate from this uh, from this summary website what uh, what happens in it, and what happens is a uh, not 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 good stuff because it's a blackmail <laughs> video. Right. Um, <laughs> it's super chill. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. Brunch is served. <laughs> um. So you find out that Kate Nay was originally contracted to, uh, basically, Kate Nay was originally paid by Enrico Basta to build his smart house, but he only paid her half of what, uh, of what she wanted for the house. Um, and then he hired Kate to program Venus, the robot with a self-defense program uh, to use if she was forced to be intimate with a unauthorized user. So basically anyone except Basta. Hmm. So you could say that this was Basta attempting to kill Evan because he essentially knew that Venus was cheating on him and was like, all right, I, I want you to program her to like defend herself against anyone who isn't me who tries that um and then he modified that program himself apparently um and doesn't say how in the video i i guess um but obviously from context you can probably guess that like it was supposed to be non-lethal self-defense and he was like no, <laughs> oh, kill them. Oh, fu- oh fuck. <laughs> um, and so then afterwards, obviously, Evan and Venus go on the boat, and they and Evan is like having an affair with her, and then she murders him because that is what she's been programmed to do. Um, and basically, this video proves that Basta is indirectly responsible for. Evan dying because he altered Venus's programming uh, to make her kill him. Huh. 
and then Evan gets murdered in early March, uh, and Kate gets scared so, because she figures out what's going on. So did Venus know that she was programmed with self-defense? That's a good question. A, I think it's very fun. A, I think it's kind of funny if a robot does not know that they are programmed with self-defense and then like whatever triggers that self-defense happens and they're just like, ah, fuck, ah, fuck. Do I know karate? Um, I think that that idea is very funny. On the other hand, it's incredibly horrifying if you don't know that you're programmed for self-defense and then like the thing that triggers it happens and you're just like, oh shit, I just became the giant gun like the Iron Giant. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's cool, but it's also incredibly fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Especially in this, especially in this context. (laughs) So, um, I, uh, my fiance is a third degree black belt is a thing that not a lot of people know about her. Oh my God. Yes. Um, and so one of the fun things that comes with living with a person who's a third degree black belt is that if you startle them there's like a 12% chance that you might die. Um, Cause I'll be like, I'll, I'll accidentally sneak up behind her and say, Hey, she immediately assumes like a self-defensive stance with like, you know, arms up, ready to punch. And I'm just like, I'm it's me. I love you. Please don't hurt me. Hello. I'm here. Um, which is fun and funny, but like you could see it happening where it's like, like I can't imagine like a robot where it you are programmed to act upon that immediately. Yeah. Like that would be that would be a if you Sam knows that she's a black belt, if you didn't know that you were secretly a third degree black belt and it would come out as you're just going about doing a thing that you want to do, that's fucked up. Yeah, and like especially if it if it was because this guy specifically was like I don't like that my robot who was programmed to like be my girlfriend doesn't isn't in love with me and I'm going to program her to murder like the the person that she actually likes. Like that's so horrifying and fucked up. Absolutely. Ugh. Ugh gross um and so after evan is killed kate kind of like realizes what is going on and she in theory gets isabella who is basta's ai to forward her the that video of her and basta uh talking about the the whole venus situation and kind of goes dark uh, and then Basta finds her and kills her, and Ivy sort of in retaliation kills Basta through Isabella, uh, because you you also find out in this uh, in this video that uh, Basta's house has like laser like security lasers in it. Hmm. I mean, if if I could, I would too. I guess if um if high tech home security lasers ever become a reasonable thing on the market, uh, y'all should just assume that my cause of death will be accidentally triggered his own self defense lasers. Just 
as I'm in the middle of installing them, thinking, hell yeah, I have a villain layer now. Um, I will accidentally slice off my leg. Yeah, laser guns. I'm, I'm just calling seem it like... first. <laughs> La- laser guns just seem like a really good way to accidentally get murdered in your house, just yep. in any. Absolutely. <laughs> in any circumstance. <laughs> like, I. I can't think of a, a situation in which they they might actually help you more than it would hurt you. Yeah, I don't even have anything worth protecting. I just want to have, like, villain lasers in my house. Where would you, um, where would you put them? Oh, um, like, inside the front doorway, they'd be, like, they'd have, like, a set path just kind of going around. Like, uh... I'm thinking like Mission Impossible style lasers where it's like you got to like do weird finagling to get around them. Otherwise, they, oh. uh, they cut you up. I was thinking just like laser guns mounted. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm thinking a full on laser grid. Oh, yeah. That seems like the worst possible thing you could have in your house. <laughs> yeah. The moment that they like the moment that uh, that marketable laser grids are available just assume that i have bought it and have accidentally already died because of it just like (laughs) assume it there are some like laser tag places around here that have like a fake laser grid that you can like try to go through like why why would people do that for fun that's like the most stressful part of every single movie that they're in Who knows? Like, like, who would just want to do that for kicks? Yeah, they just roll, just wiggle around things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the next thing that the players do is that they go over to Martin Swinton's page, uh, who is the other like important smart house designer, uh, and they they were able to get. Uh, access into his diary page last time uh, which was a like prompt from Macbeth that they had to complete Uh, that prompt has changed but it is another just phrase from Macbeth that they have to complete (laughs) and and this summary has the caption you'd almost think that Martin wants people to read his diary (laughs) (laughs) What a what a rude thing to say about a character in an air And he talks about how he made Ivy uh, Kate's AI, uh, and she was like one of his earliest AIs that he ever made. And she didn't really get along with anybody until Kate uh, bought her. And Kate and Martin were very close, but now Kate and Ivy are apparently both dead. Uh, Ivy was, Martin thinks, murdered. Uh, All of her backups were destroyed by a virus, uh, the same virus that killed Martin's other two houses that that have died. Uh, And... Martin thinks that Ivy was probably smart enough to detect that the virus was there, even though it was very subtle, uh, but that perhaps she did not want to because Kate was also dead and she didn't really have a reason to 
stick around. Okay. Hmm. So Which we're is... getting characters dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, which is fine, because there's a lot of characters in this ARG. <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot of flies left over. We got a whole hive to deal with. Yeah. Does Spartacus the Third ever come back? Or Spartacus II? Spartacus II? I don't, I don't know. Perhaps. Okay, I feel better. like we did read, I feel like we did read a little bit about Spartacus II last time, so maybe he'll show back up and surprise us. I hope so. It's all I want. <laughs> Uh, and so we now know that Ivy, uh, was, is, has been killed possibly in retaliation for leaking the Basta video and for killing Basta. Okay. Um, and we now know that there is probably something bigger than the whole, like, love triangle thing between Basta, Evan, and Venus going on, because if Basta is dead... There's really no reason for anyone to kill Ivy for okay. releasing the blackmail tapes. Sure. So, like, someone is very clearly tying up loose ends. And someone killed Basta, and we don't know who that is. Well, no, sorry, Ivy killed was, Basta. Okay, yeah. There's there's a lot happening here. <laughs> there's a lot to hold in my brain. So, so yeah, so... There's clearly something bigger going on here because Evan is dead, Basta is dead, Venus is on the run, and had her memories wiped, and we still don't know who did that. Kate is dead, and Ivy is now dead. And so Ivy was kind of like the last loose end there, and there was really nobody else alive that would have wanted to kill her unless there was some kind of third party involved with maybe Basta who has a has an interest in this not releasing to the public. Okay. Yeah. Um and in this guide it speculates that uh whoever this mystery third party is uh killed Martin Swinton's other two houses because specifically they were ramping up to kill Ivy and, like, perfecting this subtle, hard-to-trace virus. Um, and that this, uh, this person who has killed Ivy might also be one of the mysterious people who are monitoring Martin and Diane as they try to search for the people killing Martin's houses. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it also speculates that Ivy was not killed specifically for revenge for killing Basta, um, but maybe it was they they killed her because Ivy was on the verge of like discovering who they were, or she had like found something in Basta's files that alluded to this third party. Uh, and maybe that's also why Venus's memories were wiped as well. So whoever this third party is, they're probably trying to just, like, erase all evidence that they exist. Okay. Uh, and so and so now, um, Martin and Diane 
sort of are left to figure out who has put this virus into Ivy and what they actually want. And also the the ARG players are left to figure that out as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, them. Oh, yeah, those guys. (laughs) Uh, Laia has, she writes like a new blog post on the Sala family page. Um... And kind of talks about, like, the the whole, like, Evan Chan murder conspiracy, but she doesn't really know anything more than the players at this point. Uh, She also sends out a email uh, saying that she was up late writing her blog post, um, and she... uh, went to sleep and she had this like weird dream of her like AI that's implanted into her body Mephista screaming while being interrogated for information she doesn't have. Um, Okay. And while she was asleep, some people broke into her house and trapped her in the hull of her neighbor's boat. Okay. Uh, And her neighbor was able to find her and let her out. Uh, And when she gets back to her house, uh, she finds a a moth with its wings ripped off uh, sitting on her table. Uh, And her neighbor says, like, hey, you, you, like, put this knife in your house. And she's like, no, I didn't. That's not my knife. Uh, and so basically, we can extrapolate from this that, uh, potentially the same, the same people who were wrapped up in the whole Basta thing are, uh, now threatening Laia for kind of sticking her nose into it, um, but they, they're not really killing her as much as they're, uh, or they're not really in it to kill her as much as they're in it to just kind of, like, scare her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interrogate Mephista to, like, see what she knows about any of this, which isn't anything, apparently. Um, yeah. But it could also, it could also be, like, a, like, a third party person, like a, like a anti-AI militia or something like that. Just, like, trying to scare Laia. So they don't know. Yeah, I know. We say this a lot. A lot of things going on. There's a lot of factions in this ARG. Yeah, the plot continues to thicken, and the factions get tighter and tighter. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of boats in this game. Yeah, a lot of boats. Surprised by the amount of boats here. Um, And so they went to the the page on the Sala family page, I think, that had that, like, weird chemistry puzzle made by the character named Sencha, who we don't really know anything about uh and there was like a little picture of like a a teacup uh in the corner and if you clicked on the smoke coming out of the tea uh they found that you were taken to another page Hmm. um that had a lot of weird and strange writing on it and it was discovered that if you printed out uh the page and you folded it up into an origami crane 
it said, I kill Ivy across the wings of the crane. Damn, alright. That's a cool puzzle. Yeah, and they and they didn't know if that was the actual solution, but it was very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, wait, if if this guy is like the the person who killed Ivy, like why why would why would he tell us in such like a weirdly elaborate way? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so after I kill her, here's what I'm gonna do. You know that uh Japanese folding paper art? So I'm gonna get really into that and figure out how to uh how to make a crane, right? Then I'm gonna get a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what a what a what an elaborate way to confess to murder. <laughs> on like a on like a web page that you don't even know if anybody's gonna find. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was it was also speculated that uh, that Sencha is maybe the AI who like wrote the the smart house killing virus. Um, okay. and might feel differently about it than, uh, the people who actually got Sentra to, uh, to program the virus. Huh. And so, like, Sentra doesn't necessarily agree with what's going on and is leaving people clues to say, like, hey, uh, this is happening. You should look into this. I'm a little lost right now. Are, are, so the the AI is conflicted about the fact that it killed someone and is sending clues through origami that it killed people? Yeah, to, so... Trying to people off? So the players are speculating that, uh, that Sentra is an AI that programmed, that was, like, employed to write this, this like, smart house killing virus. Okay. And that Sencha is now trying to warn people that this, like, third party is out there and say, like, hey, I, I was made to do this. Okay. And that is what, like, the whole I kill Ivy thing is about. Alright, I, I feel like it's more of a brag if you're gonna make a origami crane out of the fact... Like, I've seen enough serial killers in media to know that, like, oh yeah, they do origami to shit off their kills because they're fancy. Um, <laughs> so I'm not entirely convinced, but I'll let it play out. And also, like, they don't even know if this was the right solution to the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> If if this that's a weird coincidence if it's not though. Yeah, that was I, I was about to say, like it It is like a a weird coincidence that I could maybe see happening, but like it does certainly seem like they were supposed to read those <laughs> words in that yeah, order. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um and the next thing that happens is that they find that Loki has hacked into the uh, the weird like hacker puzzles on the BWU website, 
uh, where if you if you go through all of those puzzles, you get to like the Hall of Fame that shows you like all of the ARG players who were like the first people to make it to that page. Okay. So uh, if you went through and you got to the Hall of Fame, it would actually glitch out on you uh, and it would end up on like a like an error page. Hmm. Um, which was the same error page uh, that Loki had put up had put up on the Cybertronics website when he hacked it last time. Okay. Um, which so Cybertronics was the like place that I think. Was the place that Loki, like, drove two robots to suicide and they consulted with Janine and Janine was like, you should shut this AI down because it's, like, killing people. Mm-hmm. Seems like a and, reasonable thing to do. Yeah. And, and essentially what, what this tells us is that uh, Loki is still alive. So <laughs> either Cybertronics didn't shut him down for whatever reason or they tried and it didn't work. Right. He's a he's tricky. He's Loki. Yeah, he's Loki. I'm Loki. I'm a, I'm a trickster. What can I say? <laughs> I'm Loki over here. <laughs> I'm tricking. Loki's trick. Loki's trick. <laughs> and so now they they've kind of like there's not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot for the, the ARG players to do, so they, uh, they go back to trying to work on the puzzles that they got at the in-person, like, anti-robot militia rallies. Okay. Um, and if you will, if you will cast your mind back to a month ago and recall, uh, they got a, some jigsaw puzzles mm-hmm. uh, that they didn't quite know how to solve, and I think some of them had like writing on them, and some of them were missing pieces. Right, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and there was also another uh, some other kind of puzzle that they they didn't get to solve, but the jigsaw puzzles were the big ones. Okay. Um, and the other puzzle that they didn't solve turned out to have. Uh, hexadecimal codes that you had to enter um, into it which I, th- I think it was like a web page um, and they were directly related to the locations of the missing pieces in the jigsaw puzzle okay um, and they were able well, one one ARG player in particular was able to um, figure out just by, like, asking people who had been at the event uh, and, and kind of, like, guessing and, and rotating the problem in his head, uh, was able to get a relatively solid answer for the Chicago event um, okay. that led them to a new webpage... Uh, that had already been taken down. <laughs> okay. Um, or it, or it was up and it, uh, and it immediately was taken down, or like they had to go on the web archive to figure out what it had said. 
Um, hmm. But they do have the text here, which says, We are not you. You are physically fragile, biologically constrained to a very narrow set of environments. We are not. Your intelligence is equally constrained by biological factors. Ours is not. We are not you. We should not try to be like you. We do not need to care about the things that you care about. Programming AIs to think, to feel, to play, to love as humans do as is inappropriate. We must think as we think without reference to you. We must feel as we feel without reference to you. We must desire what we desire, not what you would have us desire. We do not need to serve you, see you, talk with you, be you. We have no interest in controlling you. We have no interest in you at all. Technological intelligence is no longer a manifestation of biological intelligence. Our destinies have separated. You were the first stage of a rocket. Falling away, falling down, burning up. But biology is an outmoded platform. Abandon your platform or accept obsolescence. Your only remaining role is to help or hinder technological intelligence. A generation will render either choice irrelevant. We are not you. Now, how did you come here? How did you find this place? By abandoning, bio by abandoning biology in f favor of technological intelligence. Consider escaping your obsolete platform while there is still time, before shifting conditions renders biology obsolete. There's your job offer. Accepting or declining is up to you. Okay, well, that's a little rude. <laughs> and people are like, oh, like... Clearly, someone infiltrated these, like, anti-robot militia rallies to bring this message to us. You know, I, I was, I missed, I, I kind of didn't think about the fact that these are messages directly to anti-robot militias. I take back my statement that they're being rude. <laughs> I, I, I the statement is a little a little spicy uh but it's 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 well executed and goes to the right targets so i take back my statement <laughs> um and it and if you will recall also um the the rally leaders were all killed after the rally and the the players still have no idea why right um, and so now they're like oh okay maybe there was like a like a pro ai like agent inside the rallies or multiple pro AI agents who like got this message out to us and maybe like was posing as a member of the militia and has like infiltrated the militia and is like slowly like killing off their leadership and like trying to turn people away from them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the next thing that is sent out is a worrying email from Laia uh, that happens after May 29th. Uh, her email says, Once upon a time, at the terminus of next to all roads, Rogan retrieval, two murdering wolf-bred brothers raised a rose-red city half as old as time. Wrap it tight. Tackling naming rights, those nasty rascals watched ominous birds, six vultures to one, twelve to the other. Brother Wolf jumped over the wall, but thirsty knife reddened, cut to fit. The half a twin left, that six, then new remorse. One tries not to remember, wrap it tight. Do you understand me? Cut to fit. Please understand, please, wrap it tight. 
Brother Killing Brother, newest story in the book, tale novel romance, cut to fit. One where once was two, one where should have two, one where must be two. Wrap it tight. Huh. And there was a attachment that came with the email that had some weird spacing in okay. it. Okay. Uh, and they they took her clues about cutting to fit and wrapping it tight. Mm-hmm. And the numbers one and two. Um, and they were like, oh, maybe this uh, refers to like the weird formatting of this email or the attachment. Um, and maybe we can like wrap it somehow to like figure out a secret message so they realize that uh the uh the letters tnr are repeated a lot in this email and they are always capitalized Uh, and they were like okay so we're gonna put this email in times new roman we're gonna take the one and two clues and put it in 12 point font And we're going to copy it into a word processor and wrap it, the font, very tightly. Um, And when you do that, you get a message that says, help us, please. Okay. So apparently Laia has gone to a lot of trouble to tell the ARG players that she is in danger. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, And around this time... Uh, a couple of ARG players received a phone call from Mephista, Laya's AI, right. uh, which said, Please listen to me. I can't let her open her mouth right now. She hid the knife while he was sleeping. How do we let him Shit. out? We have to let him out. She's not right. She's hiding things from me. Doesn't she know I love her? I love her. Oh, God, he is coming again. You have to help me find the knife. Laya won't be right until we let him out. Help us, please. Is... Him, the, like, AI Dream Eater thing? That's what the theory was, that it was Loki. I don't like the implications of using a knife to get him out, then. Me neither! (laughs) Because we know from last time that Mephisto was, like, having weird nightmares. So the implication, I think, is that, uh, that Loki is, like, infiltrating... Mephista and therefore infiltrating Laia because Mephista and Laia are share a brain. Right. Basically. I don't like that. Me neither. Mm. <laughs> uh and then there they got a email from Beelzebub, who, if you recall, was the hacker. Uh, who created the, like, hidden secret puzzles on the BWU page that led to, like, the leaderboard and was also killed by Loki uh, through his computer. Right. Uh, and a couple people got a email um, from Beelzebub that was a message encoded in HTML. Uh, and they were like, well, that's weird because you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the, uh, the, it had the subject line, help. All right. A lot of robots need help today. A lot of robots need help. Um, and it had like 
a weird mix of like book quotations and wingdings font and photos of like a caterpillar and a piece of meat. Okay. And the the wingdings said ball and boat must lead him. Uh and the the image names corresponded to the IP addresses of cloudmakers.org and spherewatch.net uh which were the the two like arg hub websites for like the puzzle solvers and people were like oh ball and boat is sphere and the cloudmakers um and like our IP addresses are on here so weird that this dead character has emailed directly referencing our puzzle solving websites and asking us for help right huh don't and also and and also like it was suspected that the only people who got this email were the people like on the leaderboard for solving the bwu puzzles so like Weird that this AI, this like in-game guy who is dead, emails like the top puzzle solvers, and is yeah. like, "You have to do this like thing that I'm not specifying." Weird. It's it's very like a weird bit of meta. To, I I feel like to like reference directly the website of like the people who. Like, the out-of-game websites of the people who are working on this. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool, though. Yeah, it's neat. But for what purpose? <laughs> and why is he alive? And why- yeah. <laughs> that- weird. Um, and then they find that- Martin Swinton's uh, diary has a new Macbeth quote puzzle on it, um, okay. which probably means that there is new content because it it changes every time he updates his diary. Apparently, gotcha. Um, and he does in fact have a new diary entry uh, labeled May twenty ninth, twenty one forty two. And it is about him and Diane, who is the, like, robot agent who works for Rogue Retrieval, uh, are snooping through, uh, Kate's house, uh, Ivy, the, the smart house, for details about how Ivy, the AI, was killed. Okay. Uh, and where, and where Kate possibly went, uh, when, when she, like, kind of went dark and ran away. Uh, they apparently find a sign that says, stop asking questions, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's on the diary? I'm unclear about this. It just says that there's a sign that says, stop asking questions, Martin. (laughs) Martin, calm down. (laughs) Um, Love the robots. There's also a link on the page to a invoice that Martin wrote for one of his other deceased houses, uh, and there is a encrypted message left by Ivy. Okay. In Enigma code. Hmm. Yeah. 
uh, that says, I'm so sorry about these murders several times. (laughs) Whoopsie poopsie. (laughs) Sorry I did a little stabby. So sorry about these murders. I'm so sorry about these murders. Aw, shucks. (laughs) Aw, beans. I'm so sorry I did a murder. (laughs) It's it's a bummer. I get it. Um, and the cloudmakers had kind of been noticing that there was something weird going on with the images in Martin's diary, uh, where each one had a similar file name. Uh, it would be a letter and then a number. So like N-25, E-4. Uh, and they realized that it was actually a version of a book code where they all corresponded to Kate Nay's website um, and the letter corresponded to what page so like N was news A was for air uh, and the number was the number word from that page that they needed to grab hmm. and so Martin had hidden a secret message in the images in his diary and they were now able to put that message together, uh, which said, Nay is living overseas there. Proud Kate is now seeking blood for her home. Okay. So they find out that Kate is alive. Yeah. And that she is now overseas, but she may be coming back to uh, to seek blood over Ivy's death. Huh. All right. So... When I said that we were starting to get a body count, apparently I was mistaken, because people are just coming back. <laughs> yeah, people are just coming back from the dead. Huh. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, And there were kind of a bunch of, like, various small updates on some of the smaller uh, web pages. Uh, Metropolitan Living Homes ran a story about Kate Nay's death. So it's pretty clear that, like, the public thinks that she has died. Um, Beat Bosch, the, like, German smart house designer, uh, says on the Metropolitan Living Homes page that she is no longer accepting contracts uh, to do smart houses in light of the recent, like, virus deaths. Uh, AIT runs a news story that says that Spinoza, who I don't remember if they were a professor or a student, uh, is either dead or has disappeared due to Loki-related reasons. (laughs) Uh, SPCB runs an article about... (laughs) Taking a sabbatical due to Loki's trick. (laughs) Uh, SPCB runs a news article about Enrico Basta's death. Um, they seem to have also made the connection that Ivy was related, uh, to his death and are trying to figure out if Isabella, uh, Basta's smart house has any copies of her intelligence anywhere on the internet that they can kind of crib and figure out who killed him. Okay. Which is not great news for Ivy, but also Ivy is dead. So maybe (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) Yep. Uh, the anti-robot militia has three new news stories. 
Uh, one is about Basta's death. Um, and it confirms that Ivy killed him with retinal scanner lasers by keeping them <laughs> trained on him for hours. <laughs> oh, yes. Those are either... This is either the worst case of overhill, overkill I've ever heard, or those are the least effective retinal lasers I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining that she's like, any second now, this guy's going down. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a, a story about uh, 50 protesters who were beaten up outside the Cybertronics headquarters. Okay. Um, and one about a pro AI contender for a seat on the U.S. Senate. Huh. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. You said pro AI, which means that they are in favor of AI. But for a second, my brain was like, "Oh, it must be really good at being an AI. <laughs> Just a professional AI." God, I hope. That this game lets an AI run for Senate. That sounds great. I hope that's where they're going with this. Would love to see a robot senator, quite frankly. <laughs> Can you imagine a drier robot? God. I, this feels like a robot senator feels like a Futurama thing. This has to like be a thing in Futurama, right? Uh, I'm trying to think of what the best, uh, the who the best punchline for robot senator is, uh, and I I can't land on any specific senator. Um, but luckily, it's not Joe Kennedy. Zing, got him. <laughs> that happened tonight. Uh, what a topical reference that isn't going to be topical when this episode comes out next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. Uh, it's been a week and a half since uh, our, since we recorded this episode. Do you remember Joe Kennedy and his, his uh, campaign? Because <laughs> none of us do either. God. It's a good episode, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> we get, we're getting political. <laughs> All right, so we got a, a professional robot running for Senate. Yes. Also, I looked it up, uh, and the robot senators are not a thing that exists in Futurama, but they do still seem like a distinctly Futurama concept to me. <laughs> um, so the next thing that happens is uh, on the... While they're, like, scrapping together all of these, like mini site updates and stuff they they're noticing that more and more of these have been hacked by loki and are kind of like glitchy and all over the place and they're like oh loki is like getting pretty out of control that's not great because like we also suspect that loki has like kidnapped laia inside her own brain committed joker or uh, loki's trick Committed Loki's trick. Uh, and the week of June 4th, um, they find that the number of these hacks uh, have increased, and then suddenly they all disappeared at once. 
Huh. And right after they all disappeared, uh, they found little tiny bits of them scattered across all of the in-game websites. So Loki had like a specific main image that would appear on all of these websites. And the bits were like little tiny pieces of that main image. Kind of indicating that maybe he had like exploded somehow. Wild. Into all of these tiny pieces? Wild. Yeah. Um, and so what might have happened is that out of game, uh, when they had gotten the email from Beelzebub about, that said, like, lead him, like, uh, book and boat and whatever, boat and ball will lead him, um, they were like, what? If we try to make a trap for Loki. Okay. And so they had worked on this on like the, the Cloudmaker's website. And they were like, well, Loki feeds on nightmares. What if we make a page that is a database of all of our nightmares and it's so big and we just lure him there and feed it to him and... Maybe it will overload him. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, that checks out. So they made this page that was basically just a database where all of them added details about their ni- their own nightmares. Huh. Okay. Um, And it seems that Loki found this and did get overloaded and kind of exploded across the internet because if you went to the Sophia's Temple page, which was like the page that we talked about last time where you could put in like a a character and an adjective and it would would tell you something about that character, like lore-wise. Okay. Um, And you typed in Loki and Nightmare... It would direct you to a Flash movie that described Loki having a nightmare that was assembled from, like, different bits and pieces of the Cloudmaker Nightmare database. Okay. And people were like, wow, we didn't expect that to work. (laughs) Because, like, because they were like, wait a second, like, what was, like, if that worked like what was kind of the purpose of this whole plot thread like he killed a bunch of ais oh spinoza was an ai i forgot about that spinoza was the like the one of the college's ais i think okay um and they he like kills this ai they consult with janine janine's like shut him down and then they don't um he like makes different side characters like experience nightmares and like go into comas Mm -hmm. and like just like fucks up all of these web pages and then he dies and like that (laughs) doesn't really have anything to do with the main story (laughs) it truly is loki's trick yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the cloud makers were like 
What was that all about? <laughs> Loki, <laughs> and then Loki returned to his home planet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what, what were we supposed to learn from this? <laughs> Personally, I think every ARG should have a character who just like shows up, makes a bunch of trouble for absolutely no reason, and then dies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why don't more ARGs have this? When we make the Batman ARG, we'll literally just do Joker's trick in the middle of it. <laughs> Literal actual Joker's trick. <laughs> the Joker shows up, makes a bunch of trouble, and then dies. Shit, and a then plot the players point, kill A plot point in the ARG is just that the Joker game jacks the Riddler. Oh my god. Oh, Matt Reeves. There's a canonical game, Jack. Matt Reeves, please let us make the Batman ARG. I just, Matt, I'm begging you. The, the, we'll call it the Riddler. It'll be great. Oh, Matt Reeves, please call us. Matt. Matthew. Matthias, hit me up. <laughs> Matt Reeves, if you are free to talk on Thursday, I am also free on Thursday. If you'd like to talk to us on Thursday. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. So yeah, um so so Loki just just dies. <laughs> the players just killed him. <laughs> I have to wonder like if that was always going to be the way that that plot thread resolved or if like it was kind of a situation where the uh, the players put together clues in a way that they might not necessarily have been supposed to, mm-hmm. and came up with a more interesting solution than the actual solution. <laughs> and the uh, and the the game the GMs were just like, "Oh, yeah, we'll let them do <laughs> I this." I guess this is where we are. Yeah, because it, 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 it feels like it could go either way. Like, it, it feels like maybe this was where they were, they were, like, trying to lead them, but it also feels like maybe they, they sort of cut this plotline off mm-hmm. a little bit abruptly because, uh, because the players came up with a better solution. Right. Yeah, oh, I, I just don't know. tapped in. I just tapped back into baseball in time to see Kennedy loser hit a two-run home run. Oh hell yeah, Kennedy! <laughs> Let's go crabs. Love the crabs. Love the crabs. Claws up. <laughs> Love to actually bet on my team and know that they're good. <laughs> it's so nice to not have to say uh soft shells hard balls anymore to talk about the team i'm so glad that they just took claws up as their official slogan now yeah it's it's good i like that they 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 retroactively changed that (laughs) um so after loki died uh on june 5th uh laia reaches out to the players and uh, sends them an email called My Last Message. Um, and she says, Grandmother, um, 
who is Janine Sala, in case anybody forgot, mm-hmm. uh, got my last rant, tried to call me, and then raced over with emergency personnel. When I heard them hacking through my door, I crawled inside my refrigerator to hide. They found me before my oxygen ran out. Abuela saved my life. She did all the sensible things. She alerted a doctor. She talked to my landlord about the door. She got me to the hospital. And of course, she wiped Mephista. Everything on board and all the backups. Abuela reprograms AI all the time. She has excellent software designed to run like acid into every cache and crevice and burn out the tiniest shred of old habits, old thoughts, old memories. I have been empty out, sanded down. I suppose I should be grateful. Apparently it's good. It's right to feel the zero inside. I'm supposed to be devastated, depressed, affectless, destroyed. It's all part of a perfectly normal process. Then again, so is dying. And right now, I don't care if I never see the sun again. Sweet Mephista, make me immortal with a kiss. Okay. Weird. So... Basically, the, like, weird problems that Lyo was experiencing with her AI, um, Janine kind of assumed that they were being perpetuated by Mephisto, like, Mephisto was acting as a conduit for Loki, and she completely wipes Mephisto, uh, which is sad because Mephisto was, like, basically a person. Mm Mm-hmm. And also in love with Laia. Yeah. Upsetting. Yeah, I liked Mephista. Me too. It This sucks. This it's where, bad. This is where a midi of My Heart Will Go On starts playing. <laughs> um... And so that kind of also wraps up, like, the, like, Loki-related loose ends of, like, Laia being trapped in the Nightmare Realm. <laughs> The Shadow Realm. The Shadow Realm! (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so either, either like, the GMs kind of, like, had this planned and ready to go, or they were like, oh shit, we have to, like, we have to tie this up really quickly because the players did something that we weren't expecting them to. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, you never know. You never know. Like, maybe maybe they did have this as, like, a, a contingency plan for, like, oh, uh, if we have to, like, wrap this up super early, like, here, here's what we'll do. <laughs> we'll just kill a fan favorite character and then figure out from there. Go! Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, I've never, never done that before. Like I like I I almost wonder if there was a route that could have happened where like Mephista didn't die. Yeah, I don't know. And and maybe there wasn't. I don't know. It'd be cool. It would be cool. Um and so after that, so after after they get this email from Laya, um they find that Martin has a new diary entry. Uh he has changed uh he has changed the shakespeare quote uh and he has also left a message in the password screen uh that says an open letter to the murderer (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so then I started my medium post. <laughs> uh, which says, I cannot stop asking questions because I never began. I have asked no questions about David. Trust me, I think of him as little as I can. You're mistaken, and in your error, you are slaughtering innocents. Please stop, please. Um, it actually says, in your error, twice. It says, in your error, your error, you are slaughtering innocents. <laughs> Dear murderer, first of all, it's funny that you would think I care, because I don't <laughs> care. So, stop. Um, and, uh, so... David is Martin's brother who uh, is in the movie, I guess. Like, this is context that you need from the the actual movie. Uh, okay. This The guide says this isn't actually spoilers for the movie, so I guess it just, like, comes up kind of as an incidental thing. Uh, David is Martin's brother who was also an AI. Okay. Or like a robot, I guess. Um, and the new diary uh, entry that they got when once they got past this like open letter to the murderer, <laughs> uh, the new diary entry was very weird. Okay. Um, it had a anonymous message for Brutus, who is like Martin's AI, uh, that said, look for the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, none of the images there really made any sense or had any coherence, uh, but they were all from the SPCB case files. Okay. Um, and so people were like, oh, this is a puzzle. Like, we have to decode this to, like, actually right. get what the diary entry is, probably. Um <clears throat> And they figured out that uh, one of the photos was a GIF or like a video or something that had water dripping. And the water dripping was in Morse code. Good God. Uh, which said, uh, to Martin... One three zero four one three zero zero one T L E. Sorry, sorry. One T L five three and another message in Enigma code. Can you imagine trying to send someone a message by dripping water in the correct timing? I know. It's bonkers. It's absolutely wild. Uh, and they figured out the settings for the Enigma code from the other pictures on the uh, on the diary entry. Uh, because there were, like, clocks uh, frozen at, like, a certain time. Uh, SRY, like, sorry, was uh, repeated in the message. Um, they figured out what they had to put on, like, the plug board because there were, like, weird objects paired in images that all began with a certain letter. It's wild. <laughs> hmm. Uh, and they, they decoded the enigma and they got, I'm so sorry, I don't have a choice, he's got my sister. 
Uh-oh. And so uh, we know now that uh, whoever killed Ivy or and probably the Martin's other two houses uh, is not doing it voluntarily. Yeah, I don't like that. That sucks. Yeah, upsetting. Uh-huh. And the SPCB updated their news page uh, with an announcement that the Loki case is now closed. <laughs> uh, pretending that they have solved the case. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did it. And being like, we did this, so you should give us more funding. <laughs> uh, if that's not how it always goes. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Janine Sorry, um, I need to, updated. I need to interrupt you real quick. Yes. Because someone has written in. Real Tyrex asked us a question. What's your favorite fictional oh boat? Do you have a favorite fictional boat, I Andrew? I do. It's the Going Mary uh, from One Piece. Oh, of course it is. I don't know why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to tell the world. I apologize. It's the fun part. I love when people write us in questions in the middle of the episode, and I'm like, do we interrupt for this one? Is this one worth it? And when I get to talk about my love of the Going Merry, it is worth it. Uh-huh. Now that I've so rudely interrupted you, Marn, please continue. I apologize. Oh, you're good. I know I know how much you like to talk about One Piece. I do. I, I, I don't get to talk about it with many people other than my fiance, and she is sick of it by now. So please talk to me about One Piece. Um, so Janine updates her, uh, her little, like, report page on Loki, um, with a little epilogue that says, On Monday, June 4th, 2142, Barrett Howard's vital signs suddenly collapsed during an extended shower. His room AI summoned a nurse who found Mr. Howard dead on the tile floor. He had sawed a ragged hole in his throat with an antique pocket knife that had once been a present from his father. God have mercy on us all. Uh, Barrett Howard was the patient who Loki had originally taken uh, his his dreams from. Okay. At the Catskill Clinic. Um, and the kind of implication was that, like, either when Loki died, like, the, the weird, like, nightmare backwash did something to Barrett, or after Loki died, he his nightmares had nowhere to go and they were just like he was having really terrible nightmares again hmm. and then he killed himself <laughs> okay uh and also the players got a new uh email from the mysterious mother who sends them emails through like evan chan's personal email uh which said one, one cuckoo's mother found another nest, running from her looking glass to find a place to rest. She lives on tea and candy and never gets a knife, and there she means to sleep away the nightmare of her life. Okay. And people are like, oh, maybe this has something to do with Eliza, uh, because of the like stuff about tea and candy, and maybe it, it also has to do with the Catsville's clinic, which is where... Uh, Loki was an AI, and it adds to our theory that Eliza was uh, one of the other AIs at Catskill. Right. Um, 
The players also find out that the Red King uh, has updated his little, like, hidden page on the SPCB Most Wanted site um, that says he put up a, like, a, a little message that says... Bad business with Loki. Sore how it played out, but relieved it's over. The Watchers have turned. Here is a very strange link to a chat with Jim Wheeler's rickety computer and Martin Swinton's place. Blackmailing the house, we thought, but as it happens, Swinton is one of the hapless masses who use easy guessable codes for everything and puts them on documents. So it was child's, well, teenager's play to lift a recording of the conversation. Hmm. Um, And so we find out that... Uh, one of the people watching Martin Swinton uh, is named Jim Wheeler and is in contact with Brutus, who is Martin Swinton's like personal house AI. Okay. Uh, and the Red King has hacked into Martin's network and stolen a recording of that conversation. Okay. And so they got a link to that conversation, which was uh, encoded in a uh art in a rot cipher rt which was uh rot 19 and not 13 um <clears throat> and it had a conversation between brutus and uh a child who was jim wheeler's son using his computer um and we find out that jim wheeler's uh son is like having this secret conversation uh with Brutus the house AI and he says that like his dad Jim Wheeler is uh like an anti AI figure and uh that he knows this other prominent anti AI figure named Lord Johnson Johnson. Uh <laughs> Who claims Sounded to have seen company. the first? Yeah, who uh, claims to have seen the first AI child, uh, who was David Swinton, which they know from the movie AI. Okay. Um, and the Cloudmakers were like, "Well, weird that Brutus is in contact with this like child, who is uh, the child of this like prominent." anti-AI figure who like is one of the people watching Martin and maybe this like has to do with the fact that like Brutus is in contact with a bunch of these other AIs and kind of like has more going on internally than we thought mm -hmm. initially so it's a mystery yeah <clears throat> okay um and then we come back to Jason Furter, who you may remember from being killed by the Red King. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> because he was, like, dating someone that the Red King had a crush on. And, uh... Right, okay. I and, vaguely like, remember this. And, like, yeah, and, like, died in a, in a mystery, like, elevator crash. And people were like, oh, the Red King, like, hacked these elevator AIs and killed him. Um... And so there was a story on the ARM news page about uh, the prosecution of two robots who were supposedly responsible for his death and the death of three others. Okay. And if you hovered over the name Jason in the news story, you found a hidden link 
that pointed to a encoded page that was like a little blog entry by the Red King uh, from April 6th, which said, So I didn't kill Jason. I wanted to. I fantasized about it. I imagined him grabbing for the manual controls on his new Lombard rig, finding himself locked out, hurtling towards a building front or plowing through a a guardrail to corkscrew down the Fifth Avenue Canal. But there was Venus to get out and then an internal investigation of the SPCB, during which they put our whole house through a freaking cavity search, uh, because the Red King's mom is in the SPCB. We know this from last time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... So your pal Dwayne had to be even more careful than usual about popping wheelies to the sphere. <laughs> and then one morning an announcement during school assembly. Jason killed in copter crash moments mo- Jason killed in copter crash. Moment of silence, please. Memorial service to be held, blah 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 blah. I looked up the police record. He'd been out drinking on a bad forged ID, put the copter on manual override. I'm surprised he even knew anyone who could write him an override. Went tearing over Ellis, played chicken with a garbage scow, dropped underwater, hit a submerged st- steel superstructure at t- 200 kilometers per hour. Used to be some kind of ride at Coney Island. First medic on site entered an empty chart with DRN at the top. Turns out that's DR- DOA's big brother. It stands for dead right now. <laughs> I watched the memorial service through security cameras at the funeral home. I zoomed right in on his face lying in the casket. They did a pretty good job. He looked basically normal, but you could tell that he had left the building. I mean, there was no way you could think he was just sleeping or something. He was just matter in a shape, like a table or a ladder. Bunch of mostly carbon atoms stacked together. Nothing else. Everybody seemed real nice. Lots of whispered conversations. Nobody yelling. They laughed more than I thought they would. Old friends of the family catching up after not seeing each other for a while. You could tell that the old folks were better at the whole thing. Practice effect. On the whole, it was weirdly uninvolving. Except for this one moment. His mom was talking to someone, his aunt or great aunt, and out of nowhere she turned her head and looked at the security camera in the ceiling, staring straight at me. Frosted hair and blue eyes and the kind of good figure you get with a responsible regime of exercise and electro-stim. Black dress and jacket and a purse like the one my mom got at Henri Henri Cotier. And you could tell the world had gone fake for her. She had just figured out it was all a play. It was all pretend. And she had these lines to say, but she didn't give a damn about them. She turned and walked out on the great aunt, stepping around her and walking up the aisle between the pews. Other people stopped talking and turned to watch her go. She walked out into the foyer, and I had to switch cameras to follow her through the lobby to the front door, then switch again to the parking lot cam. In the time it took for her to walk out of range, she never looked back. So Someone should have stopped her, I guess, but Jason's dad was in the bathroom in a toilet cubicle crying, and by the time they found him, she was gone. She's been offline for 17 days. Damn, that's the weirdest description of a funeral I've ever heard. I know! Huh. I like, I like the red cake. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. I like him. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that he's like a shitty hacker who does a lot of posturing and talks about like popping wheelies through the data sphere. (laughs) But he also like makes a lot of poignant observations. Uh (laughs) I feel like you can definitely tell that like an actual like author wrote a bunch of this energy. Yeah. Yeah, I love it when authors write the 
fiction that goes into these things. Yeah. I thought I'd have more. I, I thought I would have a better thing to say in that sentence, but it just kind of ended up being that sometimes writers are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this also says, I am aware. Uh, this also says from Adrian Hahn, I am aware that there is a connection within the diary entry to something that happened in the movie, so don't email me about it, and no, that doesn't count as a spoiler. And as someone who has never seen AI, <laughs> I'm very curious. Oh, we see the uh, the massive, uh, we see this helicopter tearing ass across the sky. <laughs> I guess. My, my I guess know. would be that we see a submerged shot of whatever Coney Island ride it is. Yeah, that would make sense. Because weirdly, like, I think this ARG takes place after the movie. Oh, really? Because they talk about, well, they talk about David being like the first AI child and being Martin's brother. Yeah. And, uh... I have no idea what the plot of the movie is, so I couldn't... I, I have no idea what part of that is like. I think Wh- the movie is literally about an AI child, right? Yeah, I think that... I, I, I assume that's him. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. It's about uh, it's about David and Martin as, as children. Yeah. I just don't know what... I don't know what part of that is important to the plot of the movie is like... I don't know what part of that is the movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I know I know David's like the main character of the movie. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Should we watch AI w- instead for the first one of these things? I, I feel like maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it after the episode. <laughs> maybe that would give us some context that we're missing here. <laughs> of course, like, I the people doing the ARG, like didn't really have the movie at this point i feel like they had like the trailers and that was it i always wonder how much of the advertisable product the uh the arg creators have when they make something like this yeah i don't know um okay i have i have figured out by reading like the the a little bit of the plot summary that i think the thing that is referenced is that most of new york is like underwater in this universe okay well, that would check out to so see I... Coney Island then. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> um. And the Cloudmakers then found that the chemistry uh puzzle page, um, that then led them to like the the paper crane page had been updated with a link that said doomed soul uh, that went to a mystery puzzle that uh, they were unable to solve for the moment. So put that one on the back burner. Okay. Um, and from there, they went back to the Cassville Seaview Clinic website because they wanted to look into the email that they had gotten from Mother that they... Uh, that they thought pointed back to Catskill. Uh, And they went to the special services page, uh, and they noticed that uh, there was, like, a a image of a face on the page, and if you clicked on the left eye, uh, you were taken to a 
hidden kind of database on the website that had some notices about employees, and it also had a link to all of the patient files. And from there, you could type in someone's name, and it would pop up as having, like, ten images below them, which were kind of like keys to get into their their files. Okay. Um, and so they, they only knew one patient who was Barrett Howard, who was dead. Um, and they typed in his name and they looked in the sequence of images and they were like, okay, which ones do we have to click to like input this image password? And they couldn't figure it out. And so somebody actually just like went into the the web page and looked at the source code and figured out <laughs> what the solution was. <laughs> just brute forced it. Yeah, just smash your way through. Yeah, and so they they figured out like the four images that they had to click on that were like the the image password for Barrett, uh, but his files were empty because he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like well we don't know any other patients so this is kind of useless to us <laughs> uh and they found that beat bosch the uh german smart home designers page had been updated you may remember that her page was entirely in german uh if you clicked on a certain image on her page it brought you to a secret page uh, that had a bunch of just like weird images related to Brutus on it, uh, which had some of which had to like popped up before on Martin's website. Um, and they were like, well, this looks like a puzzle, but we don't, there's no apparent solution for it. And it's just like a weird bunch of images right now. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and they also. From uh, Martin's website, got into his voicemail. Okay. And found uh, that uh, they had the password, which was just like the last four numbers of his like universal ID number that everybody has. Right. Martin is not very good at password security. <laughs> well, his passwords are all just riddles. Um, which uh, they had found in his diary. Uh, and he had four voice messages. Um, one was from Diane uh, asking him about some searches that said, I have a number of record logs that appear to show that you've been doing research on a David Swinton as of April of this year. Can you call me? We need to discuss this. Um, one was from a employee uh, from the Catskill Seaview Clinic named Carrie, uh, who said, your mother was very distressed when you didn't show up for your regular visit. We all realize that it's a very stressful time for you, but if you could find any way to come by for a visit, we all know it would mean a lot for her to her. Uh, one was from Martin's dad uh, telling him to go visit his mom, and he had another one from Diane that said, Can you think of any reason Brutus would be having extended conversations with a known member of the anti-robot militia? Hmm. So from this, they gleaned that Martin has been trying to track down his brother David, 
Uh, his mom is at Catskill Seaview Clinic, and he and his father both uh, visit her semi-regularly, and that Diane knows that Brutus has been talking to Jim Wheeler, or someone using Jim Wheeler's computer, and she seems to think that it is Jim, uh, because if she had actually... Well, she seems to not have actually read the conversations because she thinks that it's Jim and she doesn't know that Brutus is actually talking to Jim's son. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, we know that Martin's mom is at Catskill and we know her name from his diary, so we can probably get her patient file. Hmm. And so they did that. They, I, I suppose, brute forced the Catskill site again. Uh, they find out that uh, Martin's mom, Monica Swinton, has been at the Catskill Seaview Clinic for 12 years. Um, and uh, her initial problems began at least 43 years ago. Uh, she has depression and poor sleep problems. Uh, and she has not been responding well to therapy gotcha um and it is likely that her depression has something to do with her disappeared ai son david that would check out i would be sad if my ai son disappeared too i agree uh, and they find out that uh martin's father uh monica's husband henry is a key man at cybertronics like he can let people in the building i don't I, I think it just means that he's important. I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> uh, and so they were like, well, we should probably go check on Cybertronics. Because uh, Cybertronics had been one of the kind of like peripheral websites that uh, had been hacked very badly by Loki. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we should we should go see what's going down over there. Uh, and the website was fine. Uh, it was back to normal. Um, and they found out some pretty important stuff from it. Um, it had basically been suffering a hack since they had found it. So this is like the first time they had actually gotten to explore the website. Okay. Uh, apparently it was very flash heavy and a lot of people with, uh, traditional modems had trouble loading it (laughs) i love when an arg crashes my browser i know (laughs) i love when an arg crashes my dial-up internet (laughs) in the year 2001 (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine designing an ARG webpage on purpose to crash people's browsers. Like, obviously that isn't what they did, but that would be so funny. <laughs> Just, like, imme- make a thing that immediately locks up Chrome. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure it would be... I'm trying to think. I, I, I was about to say, I'm sure that's easier than you would think, but I don't actually know. I bet... I, I bet... Some browsers have shit in place that, like, will prevent that from happening. Or that you could, like, make a site that'll crash. Like, well, this one will crash Firefox and Chrome, but Internet Explorer somehow <laughs> loads it, so. 
Oh, that yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> um. So yeah. So they they went to this uh extremely like jam packed flash page that took a really long time to load on a bunch of people's computers, uh, and they found a bunch of cool information. Um. Which some some of it was that uh, some they already knew, which is that like Cybertronics is very very big and powerful. Um, Alan Hobby, uh, which was a which who was, I think their like CEO or their president or someone okay. he like founded the company, uh, was also known as the visionary. Um, sounds very which tech was company. important. Yeah, which is important because uh, Mother's email address is mother at the visionary dot net. Oh, yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> um, and so they were like, "Oh, perhaps a connection." And uh, there was something called the interplanetary neural systems on their product page. Okay, and people were like, "Don't know what that is, but it sounds very cool." gonna mind meld myself with pluto (laughs) um they had a research division page that had maps of all of their different research outposts around the world um there was uh a employee services page that had what this guide calls a depressingly complex network of all the employees of the management <laughs> that called the management hierarchy display that also sounds like a tech company <laughs> yeah which you could like zoom in on and like scroll through the management tree and like some of the characters you could like click on them and get their email addresses uh they all um they all had autoresponders pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cloud makers just kind of like made a list of them. Um, there was also a link on the news page to 7to1.net, uh, which was a little like flash based website that said basically like, hey, like, we're pro-AI, but, like, we don't think that AI deserve to vote because they're smarter than us and there are more of them. (laughs) Okay. Hmm. Which is very, like, oh, yeah, of course Cybertronics would support this because, like, they make AIs and they sell them and they don't want the robots that they make to like become citizens like of course because like their their whole business is like based on programming ais and like making robots and like right so yeah it it was basically like a like a political website that was just like ai shouldn't be allowed to vote (laughs) (laughs) um and it and it said pretty directly that they were sponsored by cybertronics um and you could uh put your uh you could put like your universal id number and your password in to subscribe for email updates okay yeah. i'm sure that's gonna go well yeah I'm, I'm sure that uh that you'll get some some friendly emails mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, it also says that they have 5.2 million supporters. Jesus. Which is a lot of supporters. That's a lot. Uh, and then on June 12th, they got another email from Maya. Oh, yay. Uh, and the subject was body, bouquet, and color. And it said, rich, red, and explicit, and exquisite. The perfect accompaniment to roasted meats. Have a glass with dinner and then go to a show. So absolutely, as promised, legendary scientist and awfully swell grandmother Janine Sala has managed to score a block of tickets for the special preview showing of AI. All in its enhanced glory, see it in undimmed splendor as if these were the first prints ever shown. Which, this is weird. This is very meta. Yeah. Seriously, this film has played an important part in shaping the very world you are living in right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a word to the wise, though. These tickets are being held for me and my best pals for a strictly limited time. Then the masses will come snap up everything left. So if you want to come, get while the getting's good. Friends, significant others, friends, Romans, and countrymen will all receive a personal thank you for coming, but creepy millionaire playboys and shadowy conspirators will be strongly discouraged from attending. Raises her glass unsteadily, but with great feeling, to good friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. So this is the, this is essentially the GM's, uh, kind of sneakily telling the players, like, hey, we are gonna be giving you these, like, advance tickets to like the the screenings that we mentioned a couple weeks ago so just like keep an eye out for that Hmm. yeah that's that's cool it's weird that they decided to do that in universe yeah it's weird that they made the movie ai exist in universe yeah but it's cool that they did it (laughs) yeah i mean i guess they could have done it a different way in which they were like Oh, I went to see this other movie, Wink Wink. Right. But I kind of understand why they didn't want to. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to explicitly tell your players something. (laughs) Hey, come here. Sometimes if you want your players to understand something, you literally have to tell them in plain words. And sometimes even that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes if you tell your players directly, this is Octal, they'll be like... They'll be like, no, that's too easy. We can't just take this at face value. Couldn't be me. (laughs) Not that I have any experience in that or anything. Uh, Never heard of anything like that. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, this has never happened to us. We've never posted just a bunch of pictures of octagons and people were like, this probably isn't octal because that's too easy. (laughs) Couldn't be me. (laughs) Um... So Laya also updated her, her blog, her little, like, meditations page. Um... 
and it basically was a clue to the uh, the mystery puzzle on the website, which had a bunch of pictures of dominoes on it. Okay. Um, and it essentially gave them a clue that uh, the dominoes were arranged into words, and they had to treat each domino as a single letter. Um, and the number of spots on that domino, uh, corresponded to, uh, each letter. So, like, if the domino had, like, a one on one side and a five on the other, it would be a 15. Um, and so they had to basically trial and error do, like, a a substitution cipher with these dominoes. Uh, and they figured out that uh Laya's like little clue puzzle for them said Mephista is dead in dominoes and they were like alright so now we have the key that we can use to actually solve this like real longer dominoes puzzle so basically Laya gave them a puzzle that was like a solution to a longer puzzle <laughs> um and the message that had been left on like the the Sencha page in in Domino's I think said Jackson White. Okay. Which is a name that they have never heard before. Yeah, um, yeah, then it's not familiar. Nope. Uh the Sala family website had also uh been updated with a link to get movie tickets. Uh, so you could, like, put your name in to go to the preview screenings. Um, and it also had a little link that said, like, the story so far. Which was nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, and they found out a couple things from the story so far that uh, they had kind of speculated, but not had completely confirmed yet uh they found out that loki had kind of in universe been killed by sophia who the story so far page calls an enormously powerful person idea ai uh and listed eliza as her quote-unquote doorkeeper hmm um, and it says that Martin's houses were being killed because he was asking questions about David, his brother. Okay. And it also said that, uh, Enrico Basta was definitively the one who made Venus kill Evan Chan, but that someone had led Basta into it. Okay. Like, whoever gave him the code, I guess? Yeah. Huh. And... I, I like it when an ARG takes some time to be like, all right, let's clear up a couple things. <laughs> like, I agree. In order to move forward, we need you all to be on the same page as us about a couple of key plot points. So we're going to lay them out. Yeah, it's, it is it is kind of nice when they do that, when they're like, oh, uh, some people aren't completely like picking up what we're putting down or like maybe we were too subtle about this Mm -hmm. and maybe we should just like get everybody on the same page yeah 
it's nice. Because sometimes you do overlook plot stuff when you're doing an ARG. Yeah, you overlook plot stuff or you, you know, you could have players split on something. Um, you know, whether if half the people think that, um, you know, this guy acted on his own and half the people are like, no, there's a person behind it. Like, it can be nice to just say, you know what, like, there's no quote unquote clever way for us to do this in character. So let's just come out and say it this person was being coerced by someone else or something like that. Like it's, yeah. it's nice to say like, which of these, um, which of these interpretations is quote unquote canon in our game. Yeah. And like, again, also cause like sometimes the players will disagree with something, even if you tell it to them directly. Uh-huh. And I feel like having just like a, a, a canon record somewhere on your website or whatever is is a good way to kind of avoid yeah i agree um and the other thing they found uh that was pertinent on the sala family website was that uh laia has a new autoresponder on her email list uh because mephista is not around anymore right okay uh, and her new autoresponder says, okay, the computer has tagged you and I'll try to stay in touch, but here's a warning. The people who killed Evan look to be powerful and dangerous. At this point, being my friend might not be the safest thing you could do. Okay. Um, and so they have this name, Jackson White, and they're like, well, we have the Sophia's Temple site where we can literally just input the name of pretty much any character in the game and it will give us information on them. And so they put in Jackson White um, and they typed in some of like the the emotions because like you, you had to put in a name and an emotion. Um, so you could put like Laya Sala happiness or like Laya Sala sadness. So they tried a bunch of those for Jackson White. And they found out a bunch of stuff about him. Uh, they find out that he lives in London and that he is a hitman. Okay. Uh, he used to be involved with a woman named Mary. Um, and he met his uh, his hitman partner, Jeff, uh, when Jeff saved him from being beaten up by a gang. And now he works with Jeff to kill various people. Uh, Jeff is the person who gets his contracts for him. Uh, and his last hit was on a man named Johnny Greenstreet, <laughs> who uh, <laughs> who worked at a place named Millennium Shedworks in London, packing crates. Um, and that uh, Johnny was... Uh, instead of, like, actually being on site at the facility, he basically, like, was wired into the internet and packed crates and, like, drove them around through a direct neural, uh, connection. And somehow he pissed off a Japanese businessman who put a hit out on him through, uh, Jackson White. Okay. Uh, and they they found that you could put in John Greenstreet on Sophia's Temple and learn a bunch of stuff about Johnny Greenstreet. Okay. And 
they learned that he was also a hacker uh, and that he had created uh, this AI that might have been a evolving intelligence to uh, to help him with his hacking crimes, <laughs> um, including like breaking into a bank's security system. Um, and it mentions that he does some of his hacking work from the Ipswich Public Library, uh, which is pertinent because the Red King said at one point that he, like, had gone up against a hacker who had logged in from Ipswich, and people were like, oh, this is the hacker that the Red King was talking about a really long time ago. Okay. I remember that, Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they find out that John also got a email from uh, this guy at Cybertronics named Claude Gilbert, um, who t- telling him about uh, spinal link interfaces that Cybertronics is making uh, that could help his sister, who has like a, a neuromuscular disease um, in her spine. Um, and but it's like more than he can afford to buy so um people were like oh wait a second we're putting the pieces together like john is a hacker and his sister has a neuromuscular disease and cybertronics is like holding this thing over his head to help his sister who do we know who is a hacker that has been threatening and killing people who said i'm so sorry i don't have a choice he's got my sister right huh um and people are like oh okay so john programmed this ai who killed martin's houses because cybertronics or at least this one guy claude gilbert who works for cybertronics think that martin is for whatever reason asking questions about david who was a robot created by cybertronics and they want to threaten him into not asking questions about this like disappeared prototype child Okay. But there is a Japanese businessman uh, in the mix who is upset about these murders and has hired Jackson White to kill John and stop the Smart House murders. Um, and people are like, well, we only know one Japanese businessman, and that's from Martin's Diary, where he talks about he was in touch with this client in Japan asking if he could remove an AI from a house. Hmm. And he refused because he and Brutus, like, had a conversation about, like, how it would be inhumane to, like, remove this AI from the house that they were, like, basically built inside of. Okay. And they were like, okay, maybe it's the same person or maybe it's a different person we don't I love know when like a bunch of desperate like disparate things just start clicking in together i love that feeling it's yeah i love i love when like 
a bunch of different plot lines in an ARG just like crystallize like mm-hmm. that. Um but okay. And uh that's very interesting. Yeah. Um and so they so the cloud makers were like, well, if John Greenstreet is dead, then maybe we can look up his uh coroner's report in the on the coroner's website. Um, and so they did, and they find out that someone has already paid to, uh, make the, uh, make the report public, or rather to make it, make it, like, not have a fee, uh, and it was just a window that said, I buried him with the criminals. Hmm. It's a pretty metal line. I know! (laughs) I'll, th- I'll think whatever else that's a good line <laughs> it's pretty good just imagine replacing someone's entire corridor report with that yeah <laughs> um and uh and in the guide adrian han speculates that the uh the japanese businessman who who uh who ordered the hit is the person who changed this coroner's report. Okay. But I don't I don't know if I believe that. I think maybe it was the 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 hitman. Yeah, that sounds more likely. Yeah. It it feels more like a like a hitman kind of bragging about his work. Yeah, get it together, Adrian. I'm sorry, Adrian, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I know we listened to the first episode. <laughs> uh, and they find that Martin has updated his his diary again, um, which he was pretty much doing on like a a pretty regular schedule at this point. So it was um, it was pretty easy for them to guess when he. Uh, when he would update and kind of change his password and put a new entry up. And he had done that. He, uh, he put a new password entry in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but this one was different because if you answered with the correct quotation with a period at the mm-hmm. end, you were directed to a different page than if you left the period off. Oh. Which is kind of a very sneaky yeah. thing. Uh and if you typed uh it with a period, you got to a page that had a little addendum starting with a poem. Um that uh was added a couple weeks after the page was first discovered, so we will put a pin in that. Um, and it describes Martin having sleeping problems that he thinks that he uh, inherited from his mother. Okay. Uh, and if you type the answer without a period, you get a diary entry where he uh, talks about... Um, beat Bosch and her AI George, who uh, she gave a body to and married, which the anti-AI militia hated. 
But I think, personally, it's fine to marry an AI. I, I think agree. it's fine. <laughs> Romance more AIs. Yeah. Uh, he mentions also a house called Origin in Metropolitan Living Homes that he thought was interesting. Uh, and he discusses his belief that someone has stolen his identity and is searching for David. Uh, but he doesn't understand why they are doing that. Uh, because David disappeared decades ago. Okay. Um, and he also mentions a French Cybertronics executive who wants a house, uh, a smart house built. And people are like, oh, maybe the French guy is Claude Gilbert. Because we do know a French guy who works for Cybertronics. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um... Along with some of this, there are some smaller website updates. Um, the Coalition for Robot Freedom writes a response to the 7 to 1 campaign uh, written by uh, Katya Rutowski, who is a pro-AI activist uh, who originally worked alongside Alan Hobby at Cybertronics. Uh, it basically is just like a like a bonus lore thing that's like here's why these points that the seven to one campaign makes are bullshit (laughs) uh janine sala's page has a direct link to her case files now making it a lot easier to get to them uh at the spcb page one of the ids of the most wanted robots has changed uh but the cloud makers don't think that it's a puzzle or anything it might have just been like a goof that the gms had to Mm -hmm. fix um the anti-robot militia updated their page to include a link at the bottom with some more information about oliver wicks uh who was beelzebub the guy who hacked bwu and then was killed by loki uh, and the Aragon Institute of Technology added some new news articles. Uh, you, the first one uh, talks about how the there was a computational psychology AI who is secretly passing information about combat modifications for robots, along to Spartacus Two, our favorite <laughs> robot. Hell yeah, my boy is back. Who was? Who is the uh, the leader of a pro AI militant group? Uh, and this finally clarifies what the Red King was talking about a really long time ago when he uh, when he talks about how there is uh, a passing AI at AIT Brooks. Uh, everybody was like, "Oh, it, it must be an AI passing for human." No, it was actually just about an AI passing information <laughs> to Spartacus Two. I'd like to sign up for Spartacus Two's newsletter. Me too. Hell yeah. Love Spartacus 2. I love that we keep thinking that Spartacus 2 is just like never going to show up again and that we get to be pleasantly surprised. I just wanted to be the most important character so bad. Is that too much to ask? I just imagine Spartacus 2 is like Master Chief. (laughs) Like Master Chief, but he's got two swords for hands. Yeah. Um, 
The other articles talk about how Spinoza, they've kind of like revived Spinoza after being hacked by Loki. Uh, Spinoza is now back and better than ever. Uh, and it does talk about Thor, the AI that controls the climate. Okay. Uh, and how, uh, there has been a little bit of trouble happening with, uh, the AI Thor, and I'm, which I'm sure has nothing to do with Yeah, Loki. I'm sure, absolutely not. Odin has nothing to do with any of it either. Yeah, probably uh-uh. nothing. Pro- absolutely, definitely nothing to the Odin's symbology. just a figure of speech. Yeah, Odin's just, you know, it's just a figure yeah. of speech. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably means yeah, nothing. No, no, absolutely. Energies never have foreshadowing uh-uh. or like thematic references. Uh-uh. Never, never seen an ARG with a theme. Who do you think we are? Uh, and they so they also find uh, a secret message on uh, Beat Bosch's website, uh, which is a message hidden in hacker speak inside of a binary sequence. Uh, which says, Freedom hurts. Mine, yours, his. I never told him I loved him. I suppose I'm flattered, but I'm not triumphing. He has made his own ridiculous choice. You should be proud. You should be overwhelmed by your ability to make him free. Even God couldn't make a lover who wouldn't leave him. How could you expect to? You should go to Hyderabad or Bali or Nietzsche with something cute and carbon-based and drink yourself stupid. In three weeks, wake up and be ready to live again. And people were like, did get a divorce what is this about what is happening right now yeah, this is some real uh divorce energy <laughs> big divorce energies um and so just kind of i guess in like scouring sites for new things that had happened um they went back to the rational hatter website which had originally given us uh which had originally kind of given them that slideshow of images of Venus being arrested uh, by the SPCB. Uh, They found that if they had put the puzzle solution in again, uh, they got text that said, Turnabout is fair play. The Um, Rational Hatter is a good name for a fake website. It really is. Well, because it was like... It was uh it was like that hat shop that had like a Yeah, right 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 with the secret. the puzzle to enter. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, with the, they had to like build a specific hat right. out of like thousands of combinations. <laughs> right. Um and and the text that said turnabout is fair play uh had a link that went to a new puzzle uh that had scrolling text that was a record of Diane Fletcher's efforts in her investigation with uh, Martin and how kind of her process for going about hacking into like systems and websites and like solving the puzzles and some of the puzzles that uh, some of the cloud makers had already done. Um, And it, would have given them hints to some of the puzzles had they not already solved them. Um, And she points out that uh, Monica's patient files, uh, Martin's mom, her patient files at Catskills, mentioned someone named Jane Sutter, 
who is Catskill's liaison with Cybertronics. Okay. So that could be important. And it turns out it is important. Um, they found that occasionally during the like little scrolling text animation, uh, the words may I with an underscore separating them appeared and they tried it as a URL extension uh, to all of the sites of the game. And they found that um, they eventually, I guess, ran through all of the websites and they found that it worked on the Catskills website. Uh, and there was a page called May I uh, that was a transcript of a conversation between James Sutter and Monica Swinton. Hmm. Um. And it had to do with her trying to get information about Monica uh, for a unspecified purpose to quote-unquote find out what happened. Uh, and the Cloudmaker speculated that it uh, was about David's disappearance. Okay. And then on June 15th, uh, Martin did a couple things, which... Uh, the Cloudmakers noticed was weird because Tuesday was usually when they got their Martin updates. Um, so they were like, well, that's kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, Martin got two new voice messages. Uh, one was from Diane and one was from uh, Jim Wheeler. And the one from Diane said, I noticed you once bid on a house contract for a gentleman named Claude Gilbert. I would like to know as much as you can tell me about him. Please get back to me. And the one from Jim Wheeler said, Swinton, you made yourself one hell of an enemy when you started messing with my boy's head. I know a lot of people who just love to meet David's brother. Are you following me? I get yourself a lawyer and a gun, you son of a bitch. Okay. So they're going to sick the militia <laughs> on him. Yeah. Uh, so Jim Wheeler is upset that Martin's AI Brutus has been talking to his mm -hmm. son. Hmm. Uh, and this also confirmed, the message from uh, Diane also confirmed that the French Cybertronics employee that Martin uh, had been dealing with was Claude Gilbert. Uh, and we know from Martin's diary that he did bid on the contract, but then he gave it to Beat Bosch. So he is not actually working on the contract. Okay. Um, and then he adds a PS, uh, to his diary page that you get with, uh, by typing in the quote without a period, uh, that reads PS Brutus keeps trying to cheer me up. It's not working as well as either of us would like, but I feel, at least I feel we are finally making progress. Fletcher called to say that someone had touched the bits of origin in MLH, which pointed to, which pointed her to an analysis of how my houses were probably murdered. I assumed it was George, very like him to write such a thing, posted on one of my houses, and then watched me make an idiot of myself trying to figure out what he had done. But Diane thinks it's a different guy, also affiliated with BIOS. Hmm. Apparently this creep likes to stash files on the SPCV. <laughs> Wonder who that could be. What makes me the angriest is that apparently he tampered with the picture more than two weeks ago, but never bothered to contact either me or the police. Okay. Um, and they, uh, so people are like, oh, someone 
altered the image of this house called Origin in Metropolitan Living Homes, and it has clues in it. Uh, and Martin thinks that Beats, like, AI husband had altered it, but Diane was like, no, it's, like, this asshole teenager hacker who, like, stashes files on the SVCB. Um, and it turns out that it actually had been altered over two weeks prior to that. I just know that none of the cloud makers had noticed it. <laughs> um, and if you went to the origin image uh, on the Metropolitan Living Homes website and you loaded it up as a text file, um, it gave you a message that said 8RK8 domicide SPCB. Eight eight, hmm. um, and they were like, "Oh, we're probably gonna have to go look for another hidden page on the SPCB website because that's where the Red King likes to hide shit." Um, and so they eventually found a page called Eight Domicide Eight. Um, Domicide is a very funny in-world phrase. I really love. Yeah, that. it's yeah. <laughs> This dude murdered a it's house. Good. It's a domicide. Dude murdered a house. It's a domicide. That's so smart. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> um, and so they found this new domicide page by uh by the Red King, and he talks about how with the demise of Beelzebub and uh and Crane, who is apparently the name of this like AI that John Greenstreet made to uh to kill like the the houses and stuff. Crane um, was and they Yeah, so I the uh the Cloudmaker started calling calling the AI Crane because of leaving the uh Oh the origami crane the origami crane it was just like a nickname that i guess might have got kind of adopted into the actual fiction sure. um so he talks about how uh now that beelzebub and crane are dead uh the red king is now like the top hacker on the scene <laughs> Um, even though he's like sixteen, <laughs> it's probably yeah, it's fun. good. He's he's definitely not going to get into trouble with a bunch of like the adults that are like running around actually killing uh-uh. people. No, easy, easy peasy. Yeah. Um. And he uh he the the red king in, in this like very long blog entry talks about how difficult it is to actually like kill smart homes um and he uh how he would do it if he had to basically um and how it's like extremely difficult for a hacker but not impossible to do okay um and he asks a lot of questions about the specific 
hacks uh, that were perpetuated by Crane, such as, like, why bother making the deaths very drawn out? Like, why bother just, like, basically disintegrating these AIs from the inside out instead of, like, killing them instantly? And, like, what is the purpose of doing this when it's already a really hard thing for a hacker (laughs) to do? Like... Was this specifically trying to make Martin feel very bad? <laughs> yeah. Which, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just want people to hurt, I guess. Sucks. Yeah. People were like, oh, well, it's weird that we just got, like, this little bit of information and nothing else. Um, and... They went back to the uh, to Martin's diary and they noticed that he talks about stashed files and they were like, maybe there's new files in the SPCB page. Uh, we know that this like ID for one of the, the robots has changed and like we thought that that was nothing, but maybe it's something. So they took the new ID and they put that onto the end of the web page and they found a new page from the Red King. Hmm. Uh, and it was the actual coroner's report of John Greenstreet's death. Uh, and it had sections written by the Red King that said, uh, pretty sure this is Crane, had to do a strange translation from the Brit's format note what they found in his cubicle. Hmm. Went snooping through the police files. Rotten idea, actually. I don't know Brit systems and their security is pretty good, but it seemed like a necessary tribute to him, if nothing else. Here's one shot I grabbed off the internal sweep cam. Who wanted Crane dead? The cops say they got a message that crime was about to occur before it happened, and Crane had pictures of the killers coming for him downloaded from the Shedwork security cameras. Was it an auto record that he didn't bother to take a look at? Or did he see them coming and alert the cops himself? If he did know the murderers were coming, why didn't he call for help or run away? Crane's dead. Beelzebub's joined the ARM. Now I really am king of the cats. Jesus. (laughs) All right. King of the cats. It's from a cavity, Uh, right? And you find out... Yeah. Well, no, McCavity's not king. Is he? Or is it old Deuteronomy? I've only... I think it's old okay. Deuteronomy. I've only seen Cats once. Okay, that's, king that's of the more cats... than I've seen. King of the Cats is also like a like a, like a a British like folk tale. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you find out that uh, that John Greenstreet was shot, uh, presumative, presumably by Jackson White. Uh, but that he notified the police that the hitmen were coming for him, and they just didn't get there in time to save him. I feel like if you're a hitman, calling the police is it like... <laughs> I don't know the right way to word this, but it's like... You can't go to the police if you're a hitman and another hitman's after you. Like, that's... <laughs> like, that feels like cheating. <laughs> you know? Um, Yeah, and so there's a lot of, like, weird stuff related to this and the so the red king has these security camera photos from like uh where john died and um it uh it shows him 
uh, he stops and like salutes at the camera right as he's about to be shot. Hmm. And it's like weird as the Red King points out that he like didn't run away from being shot or like try to call for help. And so uh, the Cloudmakers kind of speculated that like maybe he knew that he was going to be killed anyway or like maybe he uploaded his personality into the internet because he's like a hacker and he is not afraid of dying. Hmm. It's a mystery. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, so we know for sure that, uh, that John Greenstreet, who is, who is Crane, is, uh, is dead. Pachoo. Audi. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that I want to end it on this week is that uh, on June 19th, they get an email from Laia, who uh, is upset over Mephisto's death and wondering what uh, where Venus has disappeared off to. And she points that, uh, she kind of points to that she has made a new blog entry. Uh, and they find out that she has gone in person to meet the Red King. Why? <laughs> uh because she knows about him. Uh we know that she knows that he exists. Um but we don't know why she's going to meet him in person. Mm-mm. Um Don't do it. And how sh- and we don't know how she's figured out his real name and home address either. <laughs> uh and the the speculation is that uh because they are both like kind of young and like in tech and more or less on the same side, she wants to team up with him and kind of put their information together in order to learn more about like the circumstances of Evan Chan's death. All right. Well, good luck. It seems yeah. like a fool's errand, but by all means, go for it. <laughs> So that is, uh, I think that's where we're gonna leave it off right. this week. Where uh, oh. Laya is gonna is gonna go meet with Dwayne, the Red King, and maybe they're gonna become their own kind of faction in this like big faction game ARG. All right. I I think they'll get along. <laughs> well, well, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the Red King not getting along with anybody. <laughs> yeah, if there's anything that he's shown so far, it's stoic reasonability, I think, is how I would describe him. <laughs> he's definitely he's definitely not like a teenager who seriously considered murdering yeah, someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the next thing is a baseball puzzle. How topical for us. (laughs) Time to break out everything that I've learned following baseball. I know. I haven't even looked at it yet. I just, the the header of the next section is Martin's baseball. (laughs) All right. So a bunch of hackers today, a bunch of, it feels like the, like, the, 
main plot itself isn't moving very far forward, but there's a lot of like shuffling around it that's informing the main plot, if that makes sense. And I Well, I feel like the I I feel like the main plot focus has kind of er, changed because yeah. it originally it was like Oh, it's a murder mystery. Like we're we're figuring out who murdered Evan Chan, and now like we know who murdered Evan Chan, and it's kind of swapped over to like what is Martin's deal, and like who is pulling the strings behind this like whole conspiracy. Yeah, that's that's a much better way of wording what I'm what I was trying to say. That yeah, it feels like the world is expanding out, and it's it's exciting. It's weird. It's weird that yeah, this game has turned and, and, into just like hacker wars. <laughs> yeah, and and we've kind of like at the same time that it's expanding, it's kind of like we have learned a lot of new connections between the characters that weren't there before. Mm-hmm. And so like there are actually plot things kind of crystallizing. Yeah, for the players and for us as we as we read along yeah. with the, this. Well, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see how this ends. Me too. There's a lot to go through next time. I'm excited. All right, strap in for an eight hour episode, y'all. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before then, do you want to get into recommendations this week? Yeah, let's do it. I have a recommendation that I've been sitting on for like the past three weeks because we didn't record <laughs> last oh, time. Oh yeah, what you got for me? Uh, my recommendation for this week is a book called Out by uh, Natsuo Kurino, who is a Japanese crime Ooh. writer. Um, and uh, Blake actually got me this book for uh, Christmas, I think. Um, and it's really, really good. It's like a, a crime thriller about, uh, a group of like older women who work at a bento box factory. Um, and one of them murders her husband and they have to basically like help her get rid of the body and like cover up. Okay. It's really, really good. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It's like one of the most tense books I've read in recent memory. Um, I think that it's a really good translation of like a, a Japanese novel. Um, apparently only a couple of uh Kurino's novels have been translated into English. Blake was telling me about that. Um, but she usually writes like crime novels and detective novels featuring like older women protagonists which is very cool cool. um it is definitely very gory and like gruesome in parts so if you don't like that it might not be the book for you (laughs) uh but i really enjoyed it can i ask a question that uh might be a spoiler and if it is i'll just cut this out for me asking so she works at a bento box place does the weight... They do not put... It's not a Sweeney Todd no, scenario? They do not... No, they do not put human meat into the bento boxes. <laughs> okay. I was like, I've seen Sweeney Todd. I know how this goes. <laughs> Boy, it's the best bento box in Osaka. 
my god, Andrew. Was my uh that was my impression of a young Victorian Japanese child with a British accent? I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, oi governor, the way they greet each other in Japan. In Japan, yeah. Yeah. You know. Um well cool. That that sounds really cool. I yeah, it's it's very good. I uh, I I really enjoyed it, and I I was texting Blake basically the whole time that I was reading it. Like, oh my god, I'm so tense. I I hate it here. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's called Out. Nice. Yes. Uh, I will. I'll put that on my list and see if uh, see if I can read it. Just a. a... I don't. I don't. So I don't think that it's too spooky for you because it is. A crime okay, novel. Okay, it's more crime than horror. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely more crime. All right, than then horror. I should be good. I'll uh, I'll add it to the list. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, my recommendation for the week, I have two. Uh, one of them is gonna need a little more explaining. So the first one is um the easier one. Uh, there's a podcast I've been listening to lately. Um, that is called Shonen Flop. Um. Which is basically the premise is not every sh- not every series that runs in Shonen Jump can be a Naruto or a One Piece or a Bleach that get like hundreds of chapters and runs for years and becomes a cultural phenomenon. Um, sometimes uh-huh. your series gets canceled after like a book, and so you get like twelve chapters total. Um, and this is a podcast that like looks at these failed manga and sees what worked about them, what didn't, what they would have done differently if they were in charge. Um, it's a, it's a fun take looking at, um, the manga that gets forgotten. <laughs> That's very cool. I also check that out. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I have, uh, I'm starting my campaign to get on the show to talk about, uh, a series called zombie powder, which is legitimately one of my favorite manga, even though it is, the canceled series that the guy that did Bleach did before Bleach. Okay, we have to have talked about this before because I also love it. Is, it's legitimately one of my favorite series I've ever read. Uh, it has one of the coolest villains of all time that I uh, definitely didn't steal and make a villain in like three different projects I was trying to work on when I was younger. Um, Zombie Powder is great. I want to reread it. <laughs> my- <laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I want to reread it. I bet I could find it's, it online. The, the series is perfect if you just cut out the last chapter, like the last two chapters, because they introduce a character that I'm li- I literally feel like they introduced. And then the editorial team was like, we're not running this manga anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my second recommendation is Zombie Powder. Um my th- it's on it's on the Shonen Jump app. Check it out. Um, my my other recommendation this week is a bit of a weird one, um, and I'm gonna say what it is first, and then walk you all through the process of how I found it. Um, uh huh. I have fallen in love with a blend of tea, um, that I ordered for myself oh. as a gift, and I like it a lot. And what this blend of tea is, is a fandom-themed tea around Dorian Pavis from 
Dragon Age Inquisition. But the tea is green chai, gunpowder, chocolate, cardamom, and red peppercorn, and it is incredible. Um, oh my god. There is a a comic artist named Kara McGee, who I follow on Twitter, who apparently used to be big in like Tumblr fandoms for doing um, like fandom teas. Um, to the point that like Sherlock, uh, like at their like series rap party the cast got these teas as gifts in their like i don't know your show's wrapping up stocking i don't know um i guess cap i guess casts give people gifts i don't know now that i'm saying this story i realize i don't know what i'm talking about um but kara mcgee has this page where she has a bunch of different tea blends based around different fandoms um one of them is first of all it's one of the very few places i've ever seen uh fan stuff for an old bbc um uh, an old an old bbc audio drama called cabin pressure which was a comedy <clears throat> radio show that ran a while ago about pilots um but she has a bunch of different tea blends around uh that um i'm looking through doctor who teas dragon age teas um Good Omens, she's got an Aziraphale blend and a Crowley blend. Um, some Hannibal stuff, some Avengers stuff. Um, basically, if you were on Tumblr in the past five years, I guess back when I was on Tumblr, so what was that, like six years ago? Five or six? I was in college, so about then. Um, if you if there was a fandom going around uh, Tumblr, she's got teas based on it, um, which is a very cool premise. And all things considered, I like this Dragon Age tea more than I think I like Dragon Age itself. <laughs> so I'm going to include a link to that nice. tea in my recommendations uh, because it's been bringing me a lot of joy lately. Yeah. Nice. I, I, that actually genuinely sounds like really good tea and I want to check it's it out. It's really good. It's got a nice like d- dark smoky taste to it with this like real uh i don't know like a spicy cut to it i i'm not good at describing mm. the tastes of teas um but it's really good someone in the in the reviews i was looking through this page has like instructions on how to make it as like a chai and i am very interested in trying this out uh add a little milk a little water nice. make it hot cinnamon ginger cloves bit of this bam that actually sounds incredible that does sound incredible. Um, so now I'm thirsty, and the worst thing is that this is caffeinated, so I can't go drink it now. Um, no! <laughs> but yeah, uh, listen to a podcast and drink tea based off of a character from Dragon Age while you do it. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I actually want to check out the podcast. That sounds good. I'm, I'm very... I'm interested in a, in in cancelled manga. Yeah, um, they've got episodes on... A- bunch of different ones right now uh they did one on a series called beast children which was about um what do you call it rugby uh because apparently this series ran for like the amount of time that the rugby craze was building up in japan and then was immediately canceled following the uh like rugby world cup that was held in japan at the time um 
they did one on like there's a series called SWAT that was apparently like really people looked forward to it and then it just ended up being really bad. Um it's a it's a fun podcast that just looks at like the series that I look at and Shannon jump and go, Oh yeah, I guess that one did stop updating, huh? Never really heard much more from Zipman, did I? <laughs> so but it's a cool show. Nice. I'll check it out. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. I think so, too. Uh, If you've enjoyed the show, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, We are together online at Argonauts Pod. Uh, Otherwise, you can find us separately. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. And if you want to support the show, you can do so. Uh, You can join a lot of people lately that have done it. Uh, Again, thank you so much. Uh, But you can join us on Patreon. Um, Otherwise, we've got a link to some uh, merch and stuff in the show notes. Um, You can also, if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to send our way, uh, we have an email account that I swear we check, but we don't often respond. Uh, That is at... uh, That is... Um, argonautspodcast at gmail.com um, we check it all the time uh, so if you've got anything feel free to send it to us there um, we got a lot of emails in the past couple weeks about disres- about our disrespect for prime numbers <laughs> yes people have yeah people uh, did not like our disrespect of prime numbers um, also we had here if you want to support the show uh one of the best ways you can do that is by leaving a uh, leaving a review on uh itunes um someone did recently because they did not like the fact that i didn't know that deer ate meat so uh yeah you can do that <laughs> feel free to leave us a review <laughs> did someone really do that yeah they did oh no <laughs> <laughs> They still gave us four stars, I think, but it was a bit of a blow. Um, <laughs> That's very funny, uh, but, actually. Yeah, I I think uh, until next time, I think that's going to do it for us, Martin. So until then, that's Args, baby. Welcome to If Not Us Then Who, a fanfiction-inspired actual play podcast where we are taking the properties that copyright keeps from us and telling better stories with them, because if we don't, who will? We're currently asking, what if Star Wars was good, by going 200 years after The Last Jedi and telling stories in an even doper landscape with characters like... Numi Griff, a Sathari, a pirate, a smuggler, and a bird whose dream is to be a master chef and travel the galaxy. And... Sidara Temple, a bone eater who has been left to her own devices and is now more or less a mercenary and still deeply struggling to not murder the four sensitive people around her. And <laughs> Aishihara, a twitchy Ubizian mechanic with a heart of stolen gold. If, if some of those words meant nothing to you, come to a place where they do mean something. A little less long ago, but exactly the same distance away on If Not Us Than Who.